0: Welcome to Hooplecast. I'm your host, Matt, and joining me are my co-hosts... Carol. Matt. Mel. <laughs> and we're a bunch of... You forgot? I forgot. I never... I had one prepared. I, ne- I never find it funny. It's shtick that I wish I didn't get, you know, didn't start, and but now I have feel like I have to see it through to the end.
1: I don't think you have to see it through to the end.
0: All right, perfect. Let's retire that little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What, do you, what say the rest of us
0: there? You do what you want to do. You know what we <laughs> won't be getting rid of is everyone's least favorite segment, the 60-second plot summary. So just, you know, oh, oh,
1: crap. just uh, prepare <laughs> yourselves
0: mentally for that. Uh, well, so I, we'll have to jump over.
2: I keep forgetting about that. Where's my notes? <laughs> I'm, gonna...
0: I'm
3: actually looking forward to that part. That's like my favorite part.
1: Okay, then you can do it. Not a problem.
3: <laughs> Who can. are you? <laughs> yeah uh, who are you yeah who are you uh i'm dane hi everybody hi dane <laughs> invader
1: welcome no he's not an invader he's going to rescue us from the 60 summary.
0: second we'll make you do both of them
3: <laughs> yeah, i've come for your hbo's <laughs>
0: <laughs> well thank you for joining us dane uh me? for this uh this two-part spectacular. We'll be talking about Six Feet Under and Band of Brothers. But before we get to that, I should say at the front of the podcast that this is the Powers Booth Memorial Podcast.
1: Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Our friend Cy Oliver died earlier this month of natural causes. He died in his sleep. He was age 68.
1: It's so young. Yeah.
0: Very, very young. Yes.
4: So that's yeah, that sad. I don't know if that is enough to put the, the kibosh on the uh, movie.
0: I don't know. I mean, I think that they should have retired the character site Oliver at the end of Season 2. They kept him around Season 3. Mm. I would hope he wouldn't be in the movie, but maybe Milch has this, like, love for his actors. He can't get rid of them.
3: Was he a fan favorite? I, I haven't seen Deadwood, so...
0: No, I would say not. Not oh. a fan favorite character. No. He was the most vile of characters, oh, actually. Oh my god. Uh, okay. but, but played with Perfection by Powers Booth.
1: Yeah. Powers Booth did a great job of making him vile.
0: Awesome. He just ran out of purpose by he, the end of yeah. the show. Like why is he still here? Why are his scenes you know, yeah uh, necessary? There's a redundant yeah. character at that point, so
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Gesundheit>. <laughs>
2: Excuse me. Salute.
0: <laughs> Got a few little news items we'll breeze through. Number one, the trailer for the new season of Game of Thrones dropped last week. I have not watched it.
3: Anyone watching Game of Thrones? Dane, watching Game of Thrones? I've seen one episode. I have not read the books. And apparently it was the most spoilerific episode I possibly could have seen. Nice. Um, But I'm familiar with the memes. So that counts for something, right? Right? You're halfway there. Okay, good.
1: Yeah, I've seen like two, three. The first, like, few
0: episodes. It's the most watched show in the network's history. So not yeah. surprising that they're <clears throat> entertaining ideas for spin-offs. At least five spin-offs are in development. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> now, not all of them are expected to make it onto air. Yeah. They're, they'll probably produce five pilots by five different teams and then the one or two that are the best will be the ones that they greenlight to the series. Well, it's a dizzying amount of
3: spinoffs. All of them are prequels.
2: Are they going to make? Uh, well, are they going to make a show about the uh, other book that George R. R. Martin wrote? I can't remember the name, but the one that was kind of related to that world. But
0: there is a—he wrote some novels called *Duncan Egg*.
2: Yeah, that's the one. And yeah. they
0: were adapted into graphic novels, also. No, actually, that's not one of the things that they're really? looking to adapt. Huh? Nor a prequel on Robert's Rebellion, which is another. Uh, popular theory of what a spin-off could be. They're all prequels, but not those ideas. He's uh Martin says, you'll get enough of Robert's backstory in the show already. You don't need to see more of that. So he says, quote, what we're talking about are new stories set in the secondary universe, to borrow Tolkien's term, of Westeros and the world beyond, the world I created for a song of ice and fire.
2: He's never gonna finish those books.
0: <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's too busy sailing the world or something.
0: Yeah. HBO is adapting Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451.
5: Oh, okay. The
0: film will star Michael B. Jordan and Michael Shannon.
5: Okay.
0: Michael okay. Jordan went from uh, basketball to acting, huh? All right. Cool. The kid from Friday Night Lights who was oh, in Fantastic go. Four and Foodfill Station and Creed. Okay. I, I didn't see any of those.
1: Seen. Which which one from Friday Night Lights? That's the only one I've seen.
0: Um, Vince? Vincent? Vincent. Isn't that his name? It's one of the later seasons. Oh. After Coach changes schools.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember them as well. Okay.
0: Jordan Peele will executive produce the new series Lovecraft Country, which has been ordered straight to series at HBO. Based on the book of the same name, the anthology horror series follows 25-year-old Atticus Black, who joins up with his friend Letitia and his uncle George to embark on a road trip across 1950s Jim Crow America to find his missing father. They must survive and overcome both the racist terrors of white America and the malevolent spirits that could be ripped
3: from a Lovecraft paperback. Huh. So we're talking supernatural, but with racism. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. Did I'm down. See,
5: did
2: you guys see Get Out?
3: Oh yeah, I haven't. But I
2: haven't. I'm not it, a horror.
3: It horror was,
0: you know, a huge hit. It grossed 250 million worldwide on a on a 4.5 million budget.
3: Well let, let me say this about get out because I, I can't do horror either. And no. uh I heard so many good things immediately that I, I read the Wikipedia article. Yeah. Um and that, you know, enticed me a little bit more and I had a friend in town who demanded to see it with me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I was like, Well, what about Lego Batman? And she was like, <laughs> No way. Get the fuck out. We're we're gonna see get out um and I went and saw it and i and I warned her that I would like crush her arm from being afraid and just uh-huh. cowering in the side of my seat yeah. and um it was it was actually fine the the horror aspect of it was minimal um like there there uh-huh. wasn't any jump scares, and there wasn't any like uh over the top grotesque things um so there- i
2: Sorry to interrupt, but I find it's very comparable to Rosemary's baby, okay. <laughs> which I've never I, I, I seen because our yeah. not yeah, ours. but it's not bloody, like it's not see it's my no. problem it's with horror like scary.
1: yeah, my problem with horror is how it makes me feel for a long time afterwards,
2: yeah, Night which terror. is
1: no, I don't get scared, I feel I like do. all ugly and icky inside, it's like yeah. it's I feel disgusting afterwards, I mean it just it just makes. I get too into stuff.
3: Right. And it it gets in your head and you start rolling it over and you think about it when you're trying to go to sleep and it's, it's
1: (laughs) it makes me feel icky. I don't, I don't get scared per se. I just hate it. So, (laughs) so it's like, I just sit there hating it. But the problem is I really like a lot of people who write horror. Yeah. And I like the interesting story parts I just wish the horror part wasn't
3: there. Well that that's why I read the Wikipedia article so I can get all the story without any of the imagery.
1: Yeah, right. And,
3: <laughs> and um I, I will say this about Get Out, it left me feeling triumphant rather than icky as
1: oh, okay. all right. I
3: felt a lot of horror movies do. Uh-huh. Where I'm just left with like how the people acted and how just dumb they were and yeah, like yeah. how gross everything was. And it just kind of sits in my stomach. Like you said, right. I, a I mean, I have gore more than just oh, scare. Gore.
1: I don't, yeah, gore. I don't like gore. I don't like seeing people have horrible things happen. There's
4: really like, I wouldn't call get out a horror movie at all. And there's really, no. there's really only one bit of gore in the whole movie. Exactly.
3: And have it's
1: you, okay. Good. Have you seen cabin in the woods? The Joss Whedon... Um, I
3: just looked that up last night, actually, for whatever reason. <laughs> That's amazing that you would bring that up.
1: Um, The reason I say is because that is one of the few horror movies I've seen, and it's not... Now, that is... um, It's like not... It's almost like a... I can't even explain what it is.
3: But anyway, it's... um. It's almost a send-up, in a way. Yeah, exactly. It's very meta.
1: It, yeah, exactly. And... I mean, I didn't get half the jokes because I don't have that horror background. Uh, so people, my understanding is the more you like horror and understand Joss Whedon, because you have to have both, right. um, the more uh, the more you get from it. Right. But as a person who knows nothing about horror um, and just taking it as a movie, it's incredibly gory but i actually they managed to make it so that somebody like me who does not really like gore does not like horror actually i found myself laughing about how much gore
3: there was in agreed it. carol i think Stop. you and i are going to get along because <laughs> everything you've saying are saying about all of this stuff is resonating deep
5: yeah
1: yeah it's it yeah i i was very i the first horror movie I was taken to when I knew it was a horror movie because I had one slipped in on me, and I was really angry.
0: Bastard! it? What yeah. movie was it's, that? Uh,
1: the one that was I was slipped uh, was slipped as a, was the Hunger.
0: The which, Hunger. I've n- had not heard of that. I have no idea.
1: It's, it's it sounds it's, like a horror movie. It's
2: exactly. terrible. David Bowie. That's
1: what I said. It's with David Bowie exactly. Yeah. David Bowie <laughs> and Catherine Deneuve and Garrett my boyfriend book. at the time. Adored Catherine Deneuve, <laughs> and it, I, he said, "Oh, I want to go see The Hunger." And I said, "That sounds like a horror movie." He said, "No, it's a Catherine Deneuve movie." And I said, it "Sounds like a horror movie," and he was adamant that it was not a horror movie. Uh-huh. and And we went to see it, and I heard the music starting, and I'm like, "This is a horror movie," and no, no, Lucky
0: and Loki, do
1: you? I, oh god, <laughs> I sat through the whole thing hating every minute of it and afterwards i was just felt like ugh. i mean between the fact that i'd just been you know betrayed and and, uh and the movie itself it was awful but carrie was the first one i went to that i knew it was a horror movie and it was an experiment
3: and just to see what it was like just to dip your toe in the water right
1: and it was it was such a well-crafted story and such a well-crafted movie i forgot it was a horror movie f- through the whole first part
5: because it's uh, about
1: this girl and everything and i was like totally into her story and then all of a sudden things got horrific
5: and then bucket and the blood
1: into- yeah and i i was like oh crap that's right this is a horror movie oh
0: right the but- stephen king adaptation is a horror movie <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I forgot because it was really good. You know, it was a good yeah. story right up until the point when the knives started flying by themselves. So anyway. Anyway. I, I had
3: the same totally experience tough. with Green Mile. Once the knives started flying and, yeah. and all, the, all the demons started popping out of the ground. My favorite King
0: stories are his non-horror ones.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He's a good agree. storyteller. He is. I, I really wish it's like, you know, as I say, I have some... I really like a lot of writers who have a tendency to write horror, like Tim Minear and Joss Whedon.
5: And, you
3: know. Well, it's a pacing thing, and I think that's why uh, Jordan Peele uh, does well with it, because uh, the pacing for comedy and the pacing for horror are very similar.
1: Well, I it sounds like I should try it, because I have bingo, heard about it. I've heard wonderful things about it.
0: Last news item, That the Ten... Part miniseries, The Young Pope, which starred Jude Law, was such a success that HBO and Sky renewed it for another season, except now it's called The New Pope, and it doesn't feature Jude Law's character. It's not really another season so much as a second papal-themed miniseries.
3: They're like, let's reboot this thing that we just did.
0: (laughs) Almost. What's funny is people couldn't remember the title of the show. Uh, I would listen to TV podcasts. And they would talk about the new pope, and then someone will say, no, 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 it's the young pope. The young pope? I think it's called the new pope.
3: No, it's the young pope. So I look forward to even more confusion. (laughs) I'm looking forward to the third iteration, the puppy pope, where it's just a little puppy in robes and slippers. I would actually watch that. Right? (laughs) Bark once for damnation and twice for being saved.
1: And as usual, I haven't even heard of any of this.
3: Well, we'll have to (laughs) watch it at some point. Jude Law plays the youngest pope. He is just so young and a pope and <laughs> he's going around with a skateboard and he puts his big pointy hat on backwards. And no, really? Eats yogurt. Yeah, all that happens. Some people call it the hot pope. So I read
2: a, I read a really funny <laughs> breakdown of the first episode. I'll have to find it and post it on the Skype chat because it, it's pretty, you just have to read that to know what it's about. And it's pretty much
5: ridiculous. <laughs>
3: My favorite part was where he played Pokemon cards. He was, like, trading around the <laughs> I don't Pokemon think he was, cards. I don't think he was that young. No, he was a little baby Pope man is what he was.
1: <laughs> I like Jude Law. And yeah, he's good. <laughs> but it sounds horrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly, it was good. People,
1: okay.
0: people responded very well to it.
1: Well, you know, there's been lots of movies and yeah. over the course of uh, time that I've heard the basic premise and thought oh this sounds awful and people said no it's good and it's like okay and you give it a try and you know what they were right it was good
3: like hot tub time machine (laughs) i don't know it sounds good to me i got i did kind of like hot tub time machine
1: i did not see it
0: the vatican is not a world that we've seen a lot of and i'm frankly okay with that
1: (laughs) but i can see why
0: you would set a story there such a lot of dudes too many dudes
1: well yeah in so many ways (laughs)
0: The first program that we will be discussing is Six Feet Under, which lasted five seasons, 63 episodes, originally aired June 3rd, 2001. The pilot was written and directed by Alan Ball, who was riding high after the success of American Beauty. And it concerns the Fisher family in Los Angeles. They run a funeral parlor. Well, why am I spoiling what we could be discussing in the 60-second plot summary
3: Hooray! Now,
0: Dane has already volunteered to do it, but I thought, out of curiosity, let's just see what the randomizer uh, no! who would have picked.
1: While it's picking, I say hooray for Dane.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Who gets the reprieve this time? Oh. Well, Mel, you really dodged a bullet here.
2: <laughs> uh, why? Because you,
0: you would have been the one.
2: I would have been the one.
0: to do You're welcome, one. Mel. You have I've been the one. Tribute to stutter and stammer.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, Dane. I don't know. Do you know the rules? That you've got 60 seconds to summarize as much of the plot as possible without going over. If you go over a minute, you are a loser. But if you go ridiculously under, then you're a chump. You're like an embalmed chump.
6: Well,
3: <laughs> it, judging by the amount of uh, listeners I have on my podcast, I guess I'm already a loser. So <laughs> let's just do this. Alright, you'll be going on three, two, one, go. Well, Six Feet Under is about a family who run a mortuary, and one of the sons is all uptight, and one of the sons is all loosey-goosey, and he's like, I'm gonna have sex with the people. And there's a young daughter, and there's a, a lady wife, and the dad uh, gets killed real quick, and the, everybody has to deal with it, um but they don't want to deal with it. And it's all, there's a lot of things coming to the surface. Is that too quick? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you keep going? Okay. Um, Oh, the dad comes back a little bit in ways, which is fun. And, uh, there's a guy who helps them out with the recondition, conditioning the bodies. And, mm, Oh, I love the commercials. They have fake commercials in it. All right. Well, 56 seconds. Ah,
0: Phew. That's that is close enough. We will consider that a win.
5: Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's a
3: win. That's An a win. Assist for Matt. Yeah. Well, I I do appreciate the assist and um yeah, I'll t- I'll take it. Shoot. How'd... I I'm nothing if not charitable. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have done that for me. I yeah, No, party. I would not have. <laughs> I've heard this podcast before. Uh this was a pretty strict game and and I think that you uh let the new guy off a little easy, but I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. This is the only
0: episode with those fake commercials. It was supposed to be like a recurring thing, but and they got rid of them,
3: which I yeah. am supremely disappointed by because I thought that was a great little little uh mechanic they had going on there. I
0: think you would have run out of ideas. I think
3: Maybe. Maybe you
0: could do one. One an episode, One an episode. Like Not
3: three. Yeah, they really burned
0: through a lot of them.
1: Did it? Uh, I wrote them all down, so I think there's. I can count them. One, two. Who did we lose? Did we lose me?
0: Nobody. No. Nope. Oh, okay.
1: all right. Something sounded like.
0: We got one, a little two, notification. Yeah.
1: One, two, three, uh, four.
5: Oh, there were four. Uh, I thought there were three.
1: There were, there were four. The first one was for the hearse. Yeah. It was before the whole thing started. Uh, The second one was for embalming fluid. The third one was for wound filler.
3: Yeah, the putty. And
1: and the fourth one was for funeral supplies.
3: Just funeral supplies.
1: Huh. Yeah, that was, uh, and it had to do with the dirt. Oh, shake, shake, shake.
7: Ashes to ashes and dust to dust is easy as pie with Franklin's new leak proof earth dispenser. Say goodbye to soiled fingers forever. Only from Franklin Funeral Supplies. We put the fun back in funeral.
3: Oh, right, right, right. The, the yeah. shaker and where he's yeah. like, you're salt and popcorn. Yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, it was just before the, you know, they went to the funeral. So they kind of went through all of the different supplies that were being used as yeah. you know i mean i guess they could have done for flowers and they could have done for
0: um caskets
1: uh, caskets exactly that's I, well I, my I, guess mind.
0: I guess so now but, subsequent episodes begin with a death and then a name with the birth and then the birth
4: uh-huh. death
0: dates so they right. get
4: rid of the uh, commercial thing
0: they get rid of the commercial thing and you'll just It'll just be like uh, the person who dies that week, who ends up at the funeral parlor. Because I was going to say, like, they cannot possibly
4: sustain these commercials.
2: <laughs> it's like right. high production values. <laughs> no, no, I just mean ide- ideas. Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah.
1: This yeah. this series is actually one that I have seen all the way through. Oh, okay. It's, we aren't going to run into too many, but this is
0: one of them. <laughs> I watched it all the way all the way through. Also, it's not yeah. my favorite show because the comedy is like so on the nose a lot of the time. It's so extreme, and some of the characters are just really
8: insufferable.
4: I don't understand yeah. how this can be a whole show. <laughs> I'm like, I like I liked the episode, but I was like at the end, I was like, okay, maybe they get a season out of this, but five. <laughs>
1: well, well because it's, it's a going. family, it's a family drama. Yeah, it's a it family
0: means.
3: drama. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it just happens to take place in a mortuary. Mm. Um I which mean which
3: gives you an excuse to bring in oddball characters and kind of mm-hmm. do a a version of monster of the week where it's death of the week.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I posted you... my favorite one on Facebook. That's yeah, the one watch. with the the blow up yeah. dolls uh go up in the in the sky and a woman thinks it's the rapture and she runs into traffic going, "I'm coming, Lord."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got literally terrified though when she was about to get hit by a car because I've seen a woman get hit by a car before and I was like <laughs> Like I hope we don't see it because I'm gonna freak out.
3: <laughs> and that, that woman w- had such good church hair too. <laughs> well, she always plays that character. She was yeah, she does. Yeah. evil mom in Donnie Darko. She was like like the she was one of the the mothers who was just really harshly critical. And I think she was in. She like a sparkle
2: motion mom.
3: Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure she was in it. But she's just always the really judgmental, higher than thou uh uptight so. kind of lady.
1: Yeah, I was trying to remember which which shows I've seen her in, but uh, yes, she's always
3: Malcolm like, in the Middle,
0: I believe.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have seen that. Um
0: the opening deaths get progressively more complicated and elaborate and ironic like that. And and they And I mean, there's some simple ones like a a woman roller skating down a hill with dogs and getting hit by a car. There's a lot of people getting hit by cars. Yeah. Um but then there's I remember one where a guy's like trying to light a stove with a match. You're like, Oh no, he's going to blow up. But then he gets a (laughs) phone call and on the phone, he hears people be in an office being gunned down. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, there's another one where these girls are prank calling this husband and wife, uh, pretending that the husband left underwear in, in his like mistress's house. And the wife's like, I'm going to kill you. She's telling her to her husband like, Oh no, wait. So you're like, Oh, he's, she's going to kill her husband. But no, actually, what ends up happening is that the girls have such a giggle fit that one of them falls off the bed and breaks her neck. Oh, Jesus. So it's like, that's the kind of thing where
5: always
0: yeah, like, y- psych, like, you think it's going to go one way. But guess what? They're not the one who dies. It's this other person.
1: Yeah, it's kind of later on, House sort of did that. Like, who's going to be sick? Right. In you know, when they. Well, it's the writers being
3: up. being like, we d- we don't want you guys to be able to guess. We want you to keep coming back to see. What little twist we're gonna put on it next week? It's and, very you know. Final
0: Destination in that way. That's uh-huh. like here's a Rube Goldberg device of someone being kept, uh, killed in some ironic, bizarre fashion, and kind of embodies the entire series for me. Which is, look how clever it is. Right at times, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I
3: was not enchanted by the cleverness at all. I throughout the whole thing, their their jokes really fell flat for me. I. I think I smiled and laughed once in the two episodes. Um, so I, I, I know they're going for dark humor and I'm all for dark humor, but I don't know. It was a little, like you said, a little on the nose and a little try too hard. Me, I don't even know about try too hard. It was for me, it was not funny. Is mm. that, is that a good reason? Just not funny? I think that's my reason. I didn't think it was funny. <laughs>
1: I didn't really think of it as a as a comedy. I I did not rewatch the second episode this time, unfortunately. I, I just ran out of time. Um but uh I I,
0: I plan on watching the second one until my mother called needing help with her Blu ray player.
4: <laughs>
3: classic. <laughs> classic conundrum.
4: Mom, you just yeah. stick the disc in and you press play.
3: <laughs> if only it was that simple.
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: really. Uh so I was very surprised right off the right off the bat because I didn't know much about um, Six Feet Under besides the premise of the funeral home family. And same that thing. that I thought uh, Richard Jenkins was in the show. And then he gets killed in the opening scene. I was like, what? Oh, That's man. The
3: show. <laughs> I was so disappointed when he got killed and then so delighted when he kept coming back.
4: So does that happen throughout the whole series then?
3: What, him as a ghost?
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not really a ghost, but like a manifestation of their yeah. inner... Psyches. Like uh, yeah, I think he comes back a couple more times. Oh, really? Just sure. I thought he was a regular. They they sort of do. Uh, they have like a lot of sort of not ghosts, but if if someone's in the the funeral home and they're doing the reconstruction, or whatever, you'll see the dead person have a conversation with David or Rico or Nate or somebody, and and hmm. it's just you know it's projection. The character who's alive is sort of projecting onto that dead person. It's goofy. It's, it kinda, it's very high concept. I've no, I never liked it.
3: It kind of reminded me of uh, Ally McBeal in that way, where they have these weird flashbacks um, or or little episodes, I guess, where they they they're working through something, and it's a fantastic thing that they're seeing. Um, for some reason, I in a very dark time of my life, I forced myself to watch all of Ally McBeal. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what was so going sorry. on in my life at the time. It's all a blur of dancing babies. But it the whole, this show felt a lot like Ally McBeal for me. I don't know.
1: Um, Just so you know, Richard Jenkins is his name, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was in 21 episodes.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So... so-
4: Still, I thought he was a
3: regular for some reason. Yeah, he should have been in every single one, because he was my favorite part.
1: (laughs) There were 63 episodes altogether.
0: I think the smartest part about the premise, actually, though, is this family who deals in death and dying all the time, but now it affects them personally. Yeah. Right. That's just this one episode ever. Well, it reverberates. Mm-hmm. So we've I mean, got that's the line
3: throughout the whole series is that they're all together doing this thing and dealing with each other because of Dad's death. Dad was the one keeping them um in their own little cocoons and now they're smooshed together mhm true yeah
1: they they've got to deal with each other and they've got to deal with what's going on. So
0: the eldest yes. son has come home. the second yeah. son is a funeral director, but does he want to be or did he no. just? Inherit no. the business, and now he feels like now he's stuck yeah. there. The wife is a widow. What is that like? And then the young youngest daughter or younger youngest kid, the daughter Claire, is adrift. Well, it's like when none it of them want
3: to be there. Right. No. Huh. The wife no, wants a different want. husband. the The son, the uptight son, wants to be a lawyer. The other one wants to just go off and run away. And the the daughter doesn't want to go to college, I guess. But.
1: I don't remember what her, um, her thing her is. Art,
3: eventually she becomes a photographer.
0: I remember that. Oh, good for oh, her. Oh, yeah. That's, That's
8: nice. Right. I like That's that. She gets
0: not. into the art world.
3: She exasperated me quite a lot. <laughs> she does crystal meth. The first thing she does is crystal meth. I thought that was a little heavy-handed. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, just casually do some crystal meth in your pilot episode. I don't know.
1: How, <laughs> how, um... How well known was Crystal Meth when this started? I don't know. Oh, she's a good friend
5: of mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no.
3: I'm um, really
1: sorry to hear that. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: What a comedy podcast. This is. You ba- have yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It seems yeah, like a 90s more. drug. It is a 90s drug, yeah. It is a 90s drug.
0: What are the kids taking today?
3: Um, smackers, dopeies. Uh flip doodles and uh fidget, bonk, fidget bonk. spinners. You're fidget spinners. <laughs>
5: spinners. You're
1: making all of this up, yes. Am I car- Are I, you? Am I, I, think I am. so I did.
3: I think so. All of them. Yes. Not the fidget spinners. <laughs> no that was no, a, a real drug.
2: Those suckers <laughs> I, those suckers are everywhere.
4: I forget um how we do this, Matt. Are we doing this in chronological order or just bring it no, up No,
0: it's just bring up your points when you want to. Okay. I mean, my notes are in chronological order, and I'm obviously one of the
4: one of the other things I knew about this series was that Dexter is in it, and he plays a gay man, right. and his, and hilariously, his boyfriend looks like Sergeant Doakes from Dexter, <laughs> <laughs> which he does. He
1: does he does? Now that you mention it, <laughs> which
4: is pretty great. When you I see Dexter first, then you go back to this, and the, you see him. It looks like Dexter and Doakes kissing, and I'm like, that's hilarious.
9: Did you know him? Did you? He was my father. You're Claire? Yeah. Keith Charles. I'm a friend of your brother's. Of Nate's? No, David's.
2: David's friends with a cop?
9: We play racquetball together.
2: David plays racquetball?
9: Uh, Excuse us.
8: You want me to cry on your shoulder? Fine. My mother just confessed she was having an affair. Yeah, with some hairdresser who likes to hike. Now fucking Nate is in there playing Mr. Sensitive with her while her dead husband lies in the next room. It's disgusting. Hey,
9: breathe, all right? You're going to get through
8: this. Oh, I know. I'll be the strong one, the stable one, the dependable one, because that's what I do. Everyone around me will fall apart because that's what they do. Hey, don't you get exhausted being so hard on everyone and yourself. Shut up. She met him at church. You met me at church.
5: Yeah, I, <laughs> just I, this
1: saw, <laughs> yeah, I saw this first, and then I saw Dexter, oh. and now, I'm see- now I saw this again. And it was like, he, he looks an awful lot like Dexter. Not to mention the fact that <laughs> the beginning credit thing mm. really reminds me, between the music and the way it's cut together, reminds me of the Dexter opening.
0: What'd you guys oh. think of the titles and the music by Thomas Newman? I like the music. I do too. I didn't like that note.
2: <laughs> 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 <I don't
3: know. laughs> <laughs> that one note right there. I hated the one
2: it. Note. You're <laughs> one of those, I, man. That one that You're repeats. one of those people that complain about podcasts <laughs> I'm being too annoying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I liked it, but I definitely was like, oh wow, they did the same thing for Dexter that they did for this. Hmm. It this was might, a little weird.
3: This might be a little sticky, but I thought it was funny that they had so much hand imagery in a show called Six Feet Under. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Sorry, no, uh, I wrote right. it down. <laughs> I had to say it. Uh, okay. Thanks for joining
0: us. Uh, <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet?
3: <laughs> I,
2: what I what I don't understand about the show is how they're still in business with all this erratic behavior. Like how. They sustain this it's just like it's all well, like like it's in front of the public like yeah there was like only one trying to contain it but it's still like you know like well i'm just going to keep calling him dexter cuz i don't know <laughs> <his name. laughs> but David. when dexter's like David. screams and then you know other people like are freaking out you know like it's it's just well it was just that
1: one time because yeah. everything else was in their own father's funeral what one time when he they they did a fake out thing that was kinda cool. I
2: they um, Oh I know that that but I'm talking about the other stuff, like like yeah, but that's, the funeral and all this stuff. But like, that was all in their own dad's funeral. But how do we know this hasn't happened before? Like I feel like this stuff happens all the time. No, <laughs> true because because of the way David is.
3: Yeah, yeah David he, is he's Dexter. Holding it yeah. all together. Well, yeah, and there's something to be said about uh the other funeral company wanting to, to buy it out. Uh So they're, they're successful enough for them to be a threat to this company or at least desirable by this company. And we're only seeing them in their most dramatic moments. There's 24 hours in a day where they can be answering calls, filing paperwork, you know, keeping, keeping it (laughs) all together.
1: I, I thought that because David has it, he has this absolute ironclad sense of propriety. Yeah. Um, that almost, all the time if not all the time that sense of propriety is executed it looks like to perfection and this is this strange situation that has has
3: happened that does where- slip in the second episode uh where he uh, meets up with his ex fiance and gets drunk and like <laughs> propositions her and then goes to his boyfriend's house that that kind of slips where he his um uh, I don't know, altogether demeanor kind of falters, uh-huh, so that was the most uh interesting part of the second episode for me was well, I think, Steve I Matt. think
1: yeah, I think that's basically what the series is is
3: watching him crack well
1: yeah, <laughs> watching them all kind of find their equilibrium it's like he's been he's been so buttoned up and he's been so repressed. you know held together and repressed, exactly, thank you um repressed and Nate has been kind of the opposite and and Claire who the hell knows what's going on with Claire she's
3: finding uh, herself she's a teenager
1: exactly she's a teenager um so they're finding all of the facades are kind of cracking and they're finding themselves like equalizing to you know who are they really
3: right
0: so Matt that's how they got 5 seasons out of this yeah <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. He obviously wrote for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Literary
1: analysis was always my thing, darling.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I uh, didn't realize it was Dexter until he starts um uh with the boyfriend. Um he looked familiar, but I it didn't really click for me. But for some i I haven't seen Dexter, um, but I'm familiar with the actors in it.
1: Um I when I first started watching Dexter, I had it hadn't been too long since I had seen this because this was one of those things that since I never have gotten HBO, I I watched it through Netflix or something I don't remember. And uh, it was it took me a little while to to get into him being Dexter as opposed to him being this character.
3: Right, you got to make that
0: switch. Yeah, I don't know how well his closeted arc would play if the show was set today. Right, it's not as though they're a religious family. They may believe in God, but I don't know if they've ever been to church. I don't know. You're thinking we. I I don't feel like they're conservative enough to be.
2: The guys met at church.
3: Yeah. Oh,
2: I I believe I believe it because it's just the because he's so, you know, he's so like private. So self-contained. And 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 so, you know, like, so I. I, And that makes sense when this present An image of himself. Do you know what I mean?
0: No, I understand what you're saying, and I think it makes sense when this aired in the 90, or in the 2000s, but if this aired in 2017, I think there would need to be a little bit more external pressure for his closetedness to make sense. I'm it's trying not to just remember. Given. I mean, it'd be just- one thing if he was keeping it from the public and his customers, but he's he's hiding from his family.
3: Which
7: and,
0: is- and I just don't get the sense that in that his mother and father would
3: be mm, as as conservative enough that they would, what, disown him? Yeah, disapproving, which would kind of achieve his ends of being able to do what he wants to do anyway, so...
2: I think it's still, no matter what time period you're in, I think it's hard to come out either way. Yeah. I don't think it matters how conservative your parents are or whatever. It's... I mean, I don't know. It's just a fact of like, you don't want them to look at you different or you don't want them to, you know, you still just want to be you. Well, he did have a fiancé. I I think it applies. I I didn't think it was out of place. Okay. Yeah. He did have
3: a female fiancé who knows that he's gay now. Um, But so, so maybe, yeah, I I agree that coming out, not that I know, but I'd imagine coming out is, is a very difficult thing to do, no matter the case.
1: Mm. yeah um the do we know what city they're in or how big a city how big a town
0: they're in los angeles and i do have a quote from alan ball he says i purposely chose los angeles to set the series and because in a show about death why not set it in the world capital of the denial of death which has got to be los angeles los angeles is where you come to recreate yourself and become immortal okay so so he doesn't
1: have the small town pressures but um it's yeah, depending on the family and the person, I think it's so individual as far as the whole coming out thing. It's so individual as to, I mean, he seems like a person who never wanted to disappoint his family. I mean, he's the one that takes the responsibility and takes the, you know, and all of that stuff and, you know, is the good kid and, and, and so forth. So, you know, he, it might just be one of those things that he has always felt like he would be a disappointment or something. You know, yeah. f- whether it's true or not doesn't even matter if that's what they think. Would know?
3: everybody agree that maybe he's the most interesting character? Because I don't know. I, I the other brother seemed okay, but I kind of feel like he was all figured out already. And yeah, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I would definitely I say that, that he's. He's the most interesting character.
0: At least in the pilot, yeah. Yeah. What'd you guys think of Ruth? Is that the that mom? mom? Yeah. What'd I you think have... of when she when she answered the phone and was all very like snippy?
2: <laughs> Matt, you ph- should say. And
0: then freaked out.
2: You should say what you wrote.
0: <laughs> I was like, she puts Sarah
4: Palmer to shame. <laughs> <laughs>
8: <laughs> Hello.
7: This is Ruth Fisher. Yes, I'm his wife. What is
9: this
8: about? What? Excuse me.
2: She, she, yeah, (laughs) she had, like, a crazy, like, I don't know. It's just, like, the reaction was...
0: Interesting, but <laughs> a person react like that in real life. It's I think it's, so. It, it, I question the acting choice.
2: <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, 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 but you know, like uh, again, like when we were talking about coming out, how that's very personal. Well, when you find out someone you love died, that's also a very personal reaction. Everybody will just react so differently, and it's like you may think that you may look at the person next to you mourning. And you may think, oh my God, they're crazy, but that's just their way of dealing with the death, you know. So I don't know. I don't think it's that off.
4: I
3: just kept trying to figure out where I've seen her before. <laughs>
2: um,
1: I,
0: I
3: didn't. Oh, have- uh, yeah. wasn't she in um, what's it called, uh, American Horror Story?
0: Yep, Was she's she? been in a few seasons of that.
4: Oh yeah. right, she's the maid. Uh, like but she's been right? in a lot of
5: stuff.
0: Season something. She's, she's like she was in I a couple of seasons. Serious?
4: She's like sexy when certain people look at her and then she's like older. Oh yeah. One,
1: yeah. Missing an eye
5: when yeah. other people look at her. That's right. Yeah.
1: Um she's been a lot of stuff. I'm I'm looking it up for us. But uh I didn't have a problem with it and I because um I think it's another oh, she was in How I Met My, Your Mother and Royal Pains.
3: Wow, working actor.
0: I just felt like the reaction was dialed up to eleven in order to enhance the quirky
3: comedy factor. Yeah,
2: Uh, Yeah. or something.
3: Mm. Well, and Uh, that makes me think of her blaming the the husband for ruining her pot roast when she was the one to throw it off of the oven in the first place.
1: Well, Mm -hmm. she didn't exactly blame him. She just said that her pot roast was ruined. I guess so. It's been an accident.
7: The new hearse is totaled. Your father is dead. Your father is dead, and my
3: pot roast is ruined. I felt like she was like, Your dad's dead, and the pot roast is ruined, and uh, I'm on the Yeah,
1: it was a list of all the things that were wrong right then. Yeah. And the, uh, it, I didn't have a problem with it because the way I looked at it, and maybe I'm off the wall or something, but was that everything like when he's, when Nate said that his brother's a control freak and his mother's a control freak, um, you know, she had everything laid out. You know, these were the things that she was getting on her husband's case about. Um, she had already, they'd just been talking about, his death in very abstract terms, you know, if you keep doing this, you're going to have this long drawn out death and blah, 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 blah. Um, It just was not part of the scenario. Mm. You know, it was her life was a certain way and it progressed in a certain way. And all of a sudden everything shattered.
0: Though we find out later she was having an affair. So it's not (laughs) like she's not coloring outside the lines.
1: Right, except that that's part of her life, too, that, I mean, she's in control of.
3: I think David gets his personality from her. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. But yeah. then you see at the funeral where the other brother, his name escapes me. Nate. Nate. Uh, Nate, Nate. um Wants to go the Italian route and, and start, um, you know, just really letting it loose. And she goes in for that, too. So you see both parts, both sons in her.
2: Right, which does happen. Speaking of that, I love the uh, I love the mulleted flashback.
3: Yeah. Oh, I, I actually wrote that down. It, it was, was definitely 80s.
2: It in the like, tra- tracksuit or something? Neon
3: windbreaker.
4: Or windbreaker, yeah. yeah.
3: So good. Yeah,
4: it was
2: really good. <laughs> I did not even notice that. Oh, it was funny.
3: <laughs> He's young. He's got a haircut like this.
4: <laughs> when uh, all, all the other times they have such stereotypical late 90s early 2000s spiky gel hair yeah, right. yeah.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I found myself thinking when they were doing the whole thing about the I'd <clears throat> never seen one of those salt shaker kind of things for the, Me but either. But
5: the earth. I haven't
1: been to that many funerals and
0: uh oh that was weird
1: it was so yeah. weird and when they got like got the earth in their hands and all that I thought to myself well you know, if it was a Jewish funeral, this wouldn't be a problem at all. They yeah. give you a shovel and you shovel it in. You know, um, it it was kind of it was kind of weird.
0: Well, I know from Supernatural that salt keeps demons at bay. Sure, Is that where this comes from. Also, it, cold what? iron.
1: I don't think it's actually a salt shaker. I think isn't it like earth dirt in the thing? But it looks like a salt shaker, and you're it's no, almost you don't like get a it symbolic. On your or- yeah, it's a <sighs> symbolic thing of you know a very so weird. A very sterilized sort of putting the earth on the casket, making it extremely symbolic yeah, as opposed to realistic. And uh, yeah, it's... Um,
3: that funeral. So I was pretty disinterested for the whole part before it. So most of it, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. I kept finding myself like straying to my phone and wanting to play computer games but um it that funeral actually got me kind of choked up a little bit, and I don't know whether it's when kind of characters find um commonality with each other like like the the mother is like, yeah, this is i'm I'm gonna mourn my husband now, and my my son has allowed me to do that, and that kind of struck me in a way, but before that, it was all so expositiony, and I understand it's a pilot, but gall dang was I just kind of yawning. And, uh, so I, that was, that was when the, the episode peaked for me was the funeral.
5: Oh,
8: interesting.
7: I refuse to sanitize this anymore.
8: This is how it's done.
7: Yeah. Well, it's whacked. What is this stupid salt shaker? Huh? What is this hermetically sealed box? This phony astroturf around the grave? Jesus, David, it's like surgery. Clean, antiseptic, business. He was our father. Please don't do this. You can pump him full of chemicals, you can put makeup on him, and you can prop him up for a nap in the slumber room, but the fact remains, David, that the only father we're ever going to have is gone. Forever. And that sucks. But it's a goddamn part of life, and you can't really accept it without getting your hands dirty. Well, I do accept it, and I intend to honor the old bastard by letting the whole world see just how fucked up and shitty I feel that he's dead. God
4: damn it. amen.
1: Uh, I got kind of choked up a couple times during the during the pilot. Um I don't remember. I know at the very end, but there were a couple different times when people, you know, were break, were breaking down or were, you know, yeah. That I kind of got choked up. I didn't I didn't go, you know, um Anna's speech and Buffy or anything, but <laughs> Anya's speech, I mean. But, you know, I mean, that one gets me every time. But, um.
3: Like me I, with Wally.
5: <laughs>
3: I can't watch Wally without bawling. Mm. Wally? Yeah, Wally, yeah.
1: Yeah? Oh, I. I mean, it's been or a while. Or me and the I Joy Luck Wally. Club. Oh, really? <laughs> Aww. Joy Luck Club.
0: Yeah, yeah. When the mother tells her, her daughter, you know, I, I never expected, I only hoped, you know, for great things for uh-huh. you. I never expected, I only hoped.
5: Oh. It's like, oh yeah
3: it'll, it'll, get, you. it'll Char- get you
0: characters oh, yeah. who are uh, at a distance coming together
2: right
3: exactly for-
0: forgiving each other's faults it, coming right. to an understanding right. and an awareness
2: you guys mm-hmm. are so cute you're just such a sensitive bunch it's great
8: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i love it <laughs> i love i love when people are like i'm okay with crying at this oh
3: <laughs> hell yeah oh I mean, yeah I- why else would you watch this? It's not funny. So you oh, got to I, actually feel something. I
0: did cry during the the series finale to this show. Oh yeah. The very last sequence of this show is famous as being one of the best series finales ever and the yeah. last like 5 minutes or so is like
3: yeah, I was crying. Aww. It got me. Awesome. The rest of the show <laughs> I, it. I, don't, I don't know if that's worth me watching five seasons.
1: Um. I, I thought it was an interesting show. I, I didn't immediately run out and say, oh, everyone must watch it. But I did think it was an interestingly done family drama.
0: Oh, it also has the most like traumatizing episode of anything I've ever seen. And that's the episode, That's My Dog. Which Robin, if you're listening, you know that episode very well. That's, it's traumatizing. Why? I won't say anything more than that, except uh, oh. you know it leaves you quaking on the floor. Well, uh, if it's
3: anything like the dog episode of Futurama, then I, I can't watch it, or else I'll just lose it.
0: That's yeah, worse well, than that.
3: Well, okay.
1: I don't remember it. Isn't that terrible? I just don't remember.
0: Well, if you looked up the plot summary, you'd be like, "Oh yeah." That prob- probably <laughs>
2: that that's that's probably what. Unless you, be- it- unless you
0: blocked it out of your mind, which imagine mean,
2: something way. like Old Yeller, like a modern Old Yeller. <laughs> It was a long time ago
1: that I saw it, so yeah, I, I might look up the plot summary just to remind myself.
0: What did you guys think of Brenda, the
3: outsider?
1: Oh, the, she looked
3: just the, like the mom.
1: What? Oh, no, yeah, what? I thought
3: they looked really similar. My, Ow,
1: that's interesting. I yeah, I didn't I didn't think that at all. Ah, uh, well, know what aus- to think of her.
3: That's Australian
0: actress Rachel Griffiths. I saw her on stage. Actually, I saw her in Proof in Melbourne. Ah, cool.
1: I she looked really familiar. I didn't know what I'd seen her in. Um, just look her
0: up. The character's name is Brenda Chenoweth, and we find out that she's the the daughter of like a famous psychiatrist, and her parents wrote like a book about her. Oh wow! Called Charlotte Light and Dark. They wrote this. They kind of um, did. You guys re- uh, read her, see Gone Girl? No same sort of scenario uh scenario yeah when a parents write their child's life into a novel or something right or publish a paper about their kid Uh oh so she carries that chip around on her shoulder you really did not have to do this i could have just rented a car
2: it's okay you're in no shape to drive and frankly i'm in no hurry to get home to my family's annual christmas eve massacre Parents who stay together for the children, but really because they got off on tormenting each other so much. Manic, depressive brother, who always chooses the holidays to go off his medication. Oh, and an ancient Springer Spaniel, who's completely blind, deaf, and incontinent. (laughs) What about you? Uh,
7: actually, we're pretty normal. My mom's a control freak. My brother, um... Well, he's a control freak, too. And my sister, well, I left home right before she was born, so I never really knew her that well, but
3: she's kind of wild like I was. Was? Is she a crazy person? Because they hint at that in the second episode that maybe she's, like, un- unhinged in some way. Uh, well, all these characters are unhinged. Okay, well, you know, she's got a, a tattoo on her butt of Nate's name and and like she's wow. demanding him being places and stuff like that.
5: Oh,
0: really? I don't remember that. Um, I-, I I I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I I her forgotten. brother is deeply disturbed as well, very right. codependent. Billy played by Jeremy Sisto. This is where I co- uh, coined the phrase Jeremy Sisto effect. <laughs> this is when you dislike a character so much that you project your feelings of the character onto the actor, and therefore you can never see the actor again and anything else but hating him. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I, so I can't watch anything with Jeremy Sisto in it, only because he was so good in this show as uh, Brenda's brother, Billy. Sure. Such a piece of shit. Ah,
3: the <laughs> only thing we see in these two episodes is him crying when trying to get olives. Yeah.
0: Well, right. he, he cries, and is, he's just very needy. He's a very needy character who's constantly pulling her down into his, into his own personal problems.
1: I had forgotten about her character, to be quite honest. I forgot she even existed.
0: Um, wow. I don't know why. <laughs> I think over the course of the show, though, she becomes the most balanced of all of them. <laughs> oh, cool. I really like at the end why she's like the voice of reason.
3: The end of the series or the end of the episode?
0: end of the series. Ah, I like her a lot more towards towards the end than at the beginning. It's a long road. These characters are extremely exasperating.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are.
0: <laughs> I really like David, though.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I didn't find... Claire really annoyed me, as I recall. Um,
3: she's annoying.
1: Yeah, she's annoying.
3: Well, she's uh, also a teenager. And she's a teenager,
1: first. yeah.
0: And her siblings are so much older than she is. Like, right. She's got no one
3: in her family to talk to. Right. Or life yeah. except for the guy pushing crystal meth on her.
1: Yeah. Um Eric
3: Belfour.
4: <laughs>
3: Jesse Eric Belfour. from Buffy. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what I wrote down. He's my best
4: friend since childhood. Let's never mention him again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> man has a long face. Yes,
4: he does. Um
1: he's done very well. Pops up all over the place.
4: Matt, I assume you noticed who was trying to buy the company at the end. Yes. <laughs>
5: <laughs> credited,
4: credited as Garrison, Garrison. Hirschberger. I didn't, never knew that was his full name. <laughs> Garrison Hirschberger. Uh, where where do I know him from? Mike from Twin Peaks.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: yep. okay. Mike I'd, is the man. I met him at the uh, Twin Peaks Festival. He's a really nice guy.
5: His mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah. kind eyes. he plays a uh, a person in the private funeral home business who's looking to purchase the Fisher and Sons uh, funeral parlor and add it to their their corporate
3: funeral he's he's manipulative too he'll he'll go after whatever angle that person is weak on
0: that's a whole first season arc is the financial stability of the family funeral parlor in the face of corporate funeral homes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he tries to to poach uh, Rico, if I recall, right? Yeah, they hinted that in the second episode, sure. Who Who's a character we have not uh, talked about yet? Mm. Oh, the the
3: helper guy? The- Frederico <laughs> Diaz? Yeah. I kind of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah the, I can... the most likable character for me. Yeah.
1: He was yeah. funny. He's so proud of his work, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: That and he's building a family, and he loves them, and you know he he really cares about his work, and he's just you know he seems like a real upright kind of guy. Like he did, he didn't have any drawbacks that I could see. Nope. Um, I think he developed some draw- drawbacks. Oh well, sure to make
5: a <laughs> yeah.
0: character, yeah. but. Right. Cuz I remember listening to Robin's podcast, Robin, this is going to be the only plug for your podcast Fisher Cast, a 6 feet under retrospective. Oh, there you go. I remember his co-hosts really disliking Frederico t- towards the end of the show.
1: Yeah, as I recall, I I was a little annoyed with
0: Frederico by the end and his choices. But uh, I understand him though as the outsider in this family, and all you want to do is do your job and be respected, yeah. you know, have your talents and skill respected, and and yet they they don't consider him for like part owner or whatever because he's just not a member of the family, and how frustrating that can be. Yeah, yeah,
1: and makes Dave, sense to me. Dave is not treating him well in it, the pilot.
0: Not at all. And they uh, say that he is doesn't have the skill that Federico has. Right. Right, well, He I think, takes him for granted. Makes him work on Christmas.
1: I think he, he's jealous of both Federico, of Nate, of... I think he's just jealous of, Just you a know. big
3: ball of jealousy for everything.
1: Yeah, because he is not doing what he wants to be doing. And he's looking around and... And that whole conversation he had with his... When he was trying to do his dad's face and... Uh, and his dad was over his shoulder telling him how, you know. How he he's going to fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> how he's going to mess it up. How he wishes, you know, Frederico was doing it. How, you know, he doesn't do anything well. That he should just go deal with the books. Because that's what he's good at. The only thing he's good at. And, you know, that whole thing. You know, so he's he's jealous of Frederico because his dad. Because he Frederico is better at some of the stuff and apparently that was sounds like that was like his nose was rubbed in that a bit and and jealous of nate because nate just went off and did what he wanted to do and left him there
3: but it's all his own doing i mean he's constructed this prison for himself and so i I really have very little sympathy for him um he's forcing himself to do all this and then resenting everybody for his own actions so it's ah. Yeah. It, like it's
1: frustrating. Like we said it's true, but speaking as someone who has ended up with the responsibility of the family, um, in my own life
5: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, it is something that can happen to a person and the idea of, you know, okay, fine, I'll just walk away and it's not really my, feasible. Let my mom just deal with this stuff, you know. And you know, let my dad just deal with it and bye. I mean, kids do that. And it's, it's fine, but some people can't.
3: Kind of sucky, yeah.
1: Yeah. Letting yourself become resentful of it and all of that is a way to personal disaster.
8: You want to be the alpha dog, Nate? Is that it? coasting toward midlife with nothing to show for it, now you want to come back and be the rock for this family to lean on? Fuck you. That is not what I'm... Do you want to get your hands dirty? You sanctimonious prick. Talk to me when you've had to stuff formaldehyde-soaked cotton up your father's ass so he doesn't leak. Jesus! Yeah. Well, I'm sure you just would have tossed him out with the garbage. It may seem weird to you, but there is a reason behind everything that we do here. We provide people with a very important and sacred service at the darkest time in their lives because maybe they don't want to make a spectacle of themselves because maybe they prefer to grieve in private Why? Why does it have to
7: be such a secret?
8: It's nothing to be ashamed of
7: Dave, please! You know nothing!
5: Nothing!
8: You had a responsibility to this family And you ran away from it, and you left it all for me. Whoa, don't blame me if you're not living the life you want. That is nobody's fault but your own. Okay. Fine, just do me a favor, okay? You got out. Stay out. I felt the guy who
4: played uh, Michael C. Hall's brother, uh, I felt the two of them could be brothers. They look pretty... uh, Pretty much related to me.
0: <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I felt the opposite way, that none of the kids looked like they were in the same family. <laughs> well, the, the daughter looked related to the mother. I that's guess. true. Yes. Yeah.
5: <clears throat> um,
1: Michael C. Hall didn't look like either of the parents, I felt like. Mm. The other one looked like he could be, but you know, genetic roulette.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some also-
1: families, they all look alike. Others, none of them look anything
5: alike.
3: Also, kind of the uh, Nate is kind of just generic white guy with yep. scruffy scruffy beard, so he could kind of look like most people <laughs> yeah
1: I think I had seen uh what was it sports night
0: yeah
5: before oh,
1: yeah. before this, so he was kind of in my head from sports night um before I saw this. I liked sports
0: night <laughs> you should podcast about it. If you like a TV show, (laughs) podcast
5: about it.
1: My podcast about anything it would probably be uh northern exposure.
3: And I'd podcast about reboot, the computer generated cartoon from the late nineties. I love that.
5: Never heard of that. Well you just find find
0: yourself a (laughs) co-host. So good. (laughs) I found an article called The Death of the Funeral Business about the decline in funeral homes. This was back in twenty thirteen, so it's Almost certainly worse now, mm. and they attribute the decline to economics—simply just how much it costs to have a, a funeral uh, versus just crema- cremating. Uh huh. L- decline in religion. Oh, sure. And this one surprised me, but it makes sense. Mobility—the huh. fa- the fact that younger generations move throughout the co- the country for job purposes, mostly. So often that no one place ever feels like this should be your final resting place. Wow, oh, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it makes perfect sense.
0: And the, No, go ahead. No, I, you weren't done. Go. Well, I was going to say that in the article, the newest disposal method is dissolving the body via alkaline hydro- hydrolysis. The resultant liquid washes right down the drain. Oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I love it. That's my this little. Like ta- like that's my favorite takeaway.
5: It's
1: Like. <laughs>
3: All right, boys, let's flush them. <laughs> oh, so gross. I, yeah.
2: I
4: heard something that I have no idea if it's true or not, but like people used to, apparently people used to house a dead body in their home.
2: Yeah, that's true. Okay. okay.
4: In their parlor.
5: Yeah. That's yeah.
4: why it's called a funeral parlor. And the living room is called the living room because that's where the living people would go hang out
5: afterwards. <laughs> <laughs>
2: They also used to paint, like, uh, <laughs> like, eyes on, like, the eyelids so oh, that it Jesus. looked like the person was still, like, like, for photos and stuff, right? So they would, like, take photos and it looked like the dead person was still living, but it was just, like, eye- eyes painted on eyelids. <laughs> <laughs>
3: when you're they're so sweet. comfortable with death that you got to, you just got to keep well, them find, in the photos.
2: I find, like, some people now, they're a lot less comfortable with death, and I don't know if it's because it happens a lot less than it used to. But, you know, back in our grandparents' time, it happened all the time, so people were probably so used to seeing a dead body, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was something that you lived with, and... and yeah. yeah. But I know, like, I know, like, Matt's brother and stuff, like, he can't stand, like, he's, much, he's like, what, five years younger than you? He can't mm. stand seeing dead bodies, he doesn't understand why people have funerals, like, that kind of thing. So it might be, like, a, a sign of, like, what the younger generation will end up doing you know yeah maybe i don't know i
1: know I know when you were saying about mobility and not feeling you know my family has moved all over the, but like one generation type thing not you know and uh, when we were headed to china years ago and we were all trying to figure out okay we realized that if the plane went down our whole family was wiped out oh so it was time to make wills and so forth and i was trying to figure out where i wanted to be buried and it was just like okay i guess there's a plot out in oklahoma they could stick me there and my friends were all like you can't be buried in oklahoma you don't <laughs> know anybody there and and all this and i'm like well you know but i don't really have any roots here either but even though i was born and raised here you know it became a it was like a debate people i never did figure it out i have no idea what's gonna happen
0: so everyone's Everyone's thinking cremation or burial. What's
3: well? I, I I'd probably go either Big Lebowski style from a Folgers can into the <laughs> ocean, or I would. They've got the whole turn into a tree thing where I you become fertilizer mm-hmm. for a tree, and I could I could get down with that. Nobody wants to donate uh, their body to science. Oh, I, actually, mm. well I, I might, would
2: probably donate my. Organs. I'm an organ donor. Yeah, I'm an organ yeah. donor too.
0: Mm.
2: But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Donor. I feel like. I don't know. I know I'd be dead, but it's like what if it's evil science?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Science gone wrong.
2: <laughs> my my dad used
1: to talk about donating his body to science when he died. There was m- my mom would never <laughs> allow that to happen.
2: Well, usually but. it is your loved ones that are like, "Oh, how cou- how dare you do the yeah. d- donate your organs? Why would you do this? It's your body, but you don't care. You're dead, you know." So,
1: yeah, organ donation is different. Yeah. But, he, w- you know, like donating your entire body to science, you know, that's that's real commitment. It's like, okay, because you have no idea what it might be used for. It might be one of those where they put it out in a field to see how it decomposes and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: I used to joke that I wanted to be um, mummified with my organs put in canopic jars like ancient <laughs> Egyptians. That's and then classy. and then buried with all my stuff so that you know <laughs> in the afterlife I'd have all my stuff. And I would have my organs in my jars cuz I I'm going to need them. I'm gonna need uh-huh. those organs. Are you, in like, the afterlife.
2: If you have a pet like are you going to like make them Sorry, make Roland. Some- yeah. Yeah
0: for Ro- <laughs> kitty. Like, you
2: know like yeah. when, like a, well,
0: a I'm going to need Like
2: Mr. Burns dying and Smithers was just like like frozen in fear. <laughs> like in
0: <that> <laughs> 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 yeah, well I'm going to want my cat in my in the afterlife, so well, that reminds me of put in a jar too.
2: there you go.
3: <laughs> that reminds me of a story of a millionaire who made a big deal about wanting to be buried with his mercedes um and he he like pu- widely publicized that he was going to be buried with his Mercedes because he was so proud of it and uh people i can't remember if people. We're protesting it because of like holy ground and like waste of space or I, I don't remember why, but then he came out saying um, that he wasn't actually going to do that and people should donate their organs because they're still useful. Uh, you, you wouldn't be buried with something useful like a Mercedes. So why be buried with, with your organs? Um, you're going to need your organs in the afterlife. I guess so. <laughs> also, <laughs> your Mercedes. That's
0: that sweet Benz. Nobody
3: knows. The Shadow
0: Nose. Um, <laughs> Let's do some feedback here.
5: <laughs> okay. this, uh,
0: this one's from Harold. Uh, Melanie. Yes. Let's have you read this one.
2: Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to go get more vodka. Oh, go ahead. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. um, I did watch this show when it originally aired, at least for a few seasons. So I can tell you that it passed the would you watch another episode test. Coming back to the pilot for the first time since it originally aired, it mostly held up. I liked how the characters were written. They were well-defined, with strong points of view. And looking back, I can see exactly why I stopped watching the show. (laughs) Because these characters were so well-defined, that nothing much happened that I couldn't predict in advance.
5: Right.
2: That, plus an over-reliance on sardonic dark humor... (laughs) Christmas and funerals are such stressful times, so the idea of setting a pilot in the midst of both is perfect for introducing characters, and I'm surprised it hasn't been used in the movie. On the other hand, I'm not too familiar with Southern California, but is it really that summery during Christmas time? Yes.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I come from San Diego, so yeah. Yeah,
1: I was in California at Christmas. Yeah, it
2: was. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing Nate out for his jog in bright sunshine, going past leafy trees, wearing his tank top and shorts, drenched in sweat, did not sell Christmas. It didn't seem consistent.
0: <laughs> I replied to Harold with a link to the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend song, California
3: Christmas, and he wrote back, <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes.
3: We'd be lucky if it rains on Christmas.
2: Hmm. And think about
0: all those Australians and how Christmas is time to barbecue because mm-hmm. it's your summer so yeah yep. but it I, I will say they didn't really sell me on the idea that this was christmas in this pilot
2: no true the pilot. they had like the de- decorations on the street and stuff and it they had the, like the pot roast and the mention but yeah it, wasn't it was overly- so
0: subtle that i
2: yeah
0: it just did it, it did not scream uh it's christmas time right now
4: celebrating christmas in a climate that does not get snow
3: is completely foreign to me like i don't understand
4: understand how it happens
3: (laughs) it's it feels very forced it's like oh i guess it's christmas now huh okay yeah i'm down for this
2: it just reminds (laughs) you of home alone when they were in florida yeah (laughs) um Alright. Uh, they did an excellent job with casting. Federico in particular stood out, but all three siblings were very good and Richard Jenkins as the father was probably the most compelling actor on this show.
3: Agreed.
2: <laughs> Where have I seen the father before, speaking of which?
4: He was in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Among other numerous other things. I'll, I feel like I've seen this him. page. He
4: yeah. was I'll in a a great movie, I think it was called The Visitor where he like befriends oh, yes! an
2: immigrant yes, yeah, Yeah, that's where I remember and, him from, and then
3: he falls in love with that immigrant's
4: mother,
2: yes, after supported. oh that was a good movie,
3: <laughs> he was yeah. also the therapist in There's Something About Mary oh. uh, mm-hmm. seminal role, seminal role guys, you really gotta see it yeah, I'm <laughs> looking at his uh, IMDB page
0: looking for some obscure thing that I could say oh yeah, he was the dad and the Indian in the cupboard, I don't know <laughs> Something.
2: <laughs> probably plays a lot of dads.
0: Oh,
8: a lot of dads. A uh, lot of
2: dads.
0: Dane would remember him from the episode Mr. Beau from LA McBeal. He played Mr. Bo.
3: That's right. <laughs> I believe it.
2: So yes, he was probably the most compelling actor on the show. I wonder if it wouldn't have been a better decision to have kept him alive so he could be a more active presence in the show.
3: Agreed.
2: Oh. Uh, so he doesn't come back as like a hallucination all the time?
3: Not all the time.
2: 23 episodes.
3: Ugh, travesty. That's about two seasons worth.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Out of five? 25. Not five. <laughs> I want them every episode. I want them in there. I want them talking and making quippy remarks. And so a prequel series. One.
1: Well, yes. I, think, I think one of the things that does happen, though, I mean, it's, I don't know, when someone dies who's a pivotal part of your life, um... They're it's like they're everywhere for a while. Right. But slowly slowly that stops happening as much.
3: Well, I think for comedic if they really want to do dark comedy, then they have this guy haunting them the entire time until they've resolved their issues and then he you know, fades away, moves on, ghosts it or whatever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But yes, I would like to see a prequel uh show with him. Tearing up dead bodies in his in his shorts, mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved that. Where he's like, "Hey, touch the body. Put these gloves on. I'm wearing shorts." <laughs> First
0: time I ever saw Rain Wilson was on this show. Hmm. He had a weird relationship with Ruth. Oh, cool. I say they dated. That's cool. I'm I'm down with that.
1: I'm trying to remember who Rain Wilson is.
0: And you know him from as Dwight from The Office, but he was a funeral home employee for a time.
1: Okay. Lived in their I, yeah.
0: house. Yeah. I know.
1: I know who he is. I, I didn't watch the office either, but I it's hard not to know who the people
0: are. Lots mm-hmm. of Deadwood actors show up uh, during the course of the show. Oh. I won't list them all. They're in the show notes. But we'll say that Molly Parker is in two episodes, played a rabbi. What? Cool.
2: <laughs> That's amazing.
0: <laughs> um more feedback here. This one's from Stephen. Matt, will have you read this one? As soon as i post it Matt, and... so
2: much vodka in this sorry <laughs> you always put so much liquor <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right there you go uh-uh.
2: uh,
4: you already posted it okay there we go for me this series feels both terribly dated and eternal at the same time what i mean by that is when the series premiered i was at the tail end of my generation x angst where the frivolousness of life, and by extension, death, was prevalent in my mind. Read into (laughs) that what you will. I understand. Essentially, (laughs) I found great joy in nihilistic dark comedies. At the time, my top 25 list of films included 2001's Donnie Darko, 1999's Fight Club, and American Beauty, uh, the latter written by Six Feet Under writer creator, uh, creator Alan Ball, Not surprisingly then, HBO's Six Feet Under and Showtime's Dead Like Me filled a very specific role in my life. Now older, I can appreciate Six Feet Under and the importance of dealing with the eternal reality of death, but the series does not have the same joy it once had. Talking about the pilot episode, the most likable character of the series, the father played by Richard Jenkins, is the first to go, typical. (laughs) (laughs) By contrast, I hated the mother and wished she had died instead. Oh my god. (laughs) We don't get to make those decisions, though, which is probably the point of the show. I recognize that I like the actor Peter Krause from Sports Night. His sex romp in the airport broom closet with Aussie hottie Rachel Griffiths uh, has future hints of Deadwood's Seth and Alma. The post-coital lines, just so you know, I never do this. Oh yeah, me neither. Is the original lie agreed upon. Finally, I'm thankful this series introduced Michael C. Hall, who would go on to great fame portraying the titular serial killer in Showtime's Dexter. Uh, who? Haiku, Six Feet Under Edition.
0: What? Uh, I've told him he has to write haikus for every show that we do. Uh-
4: <laughs> All right. What, what, why does it say who, though?
0: I don't know. That I don't <laughs> know.
4: Okay. Nathaniel Samuel Fisher Sr., First Appearance Season 1, Episode 1. Death of Patriarch reunites a strange brothers nobody escapes. 5 out of 10 ruined pot roasts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, nice. that's 5 out of 10, that's pretty low. <clears throat> that's
0: just that both. is very low, yeah. Middle of the road. Yeah. Well,
4: isn't 60% a pass? Mm. This is a yeah. fail. This is a yeah, yeah,
1: 50, a 5 in my mind is a fail. Yeah.
0: It does feel dated. It Either you're, on board, either you're on board with the tone or you're not.
1: Yeah. I didn't find it dated. I don't know why. Me neither.
3: I just found the hair dated. The hair
2: was dated, <laughs> yeah. But
3: mm. What kind of struck me was that uh, having not watched a lot of HBO in my life and kind of knowing more about current HBO, this felt like a, just a regular show to me than a, like – the cinematic feel that I I get from uh, today's epic HBO shows. It just kind of felt like um just a regular show. So it didn't really impress me um, in that way that modern shows do, I guess. Didn't feel special enough or uh, it just, epic it enough, didn't, big enough? It, it didn't feel big enough. It didn't feel flushed out enough. Um, I guess maybe the amount of background extras or just like the – the shots just felt very plain. I don't know. I think it's clever in later episodes when
0: they do the opening death and then that that uh, the character you see at the beginning becomes somewhat not you know part of the plot. Mm-hmm. You, and then you'll yeah. see their extended families and friends come into the funeral home and then our characters play off of that.
2: That sounds like... That that's sounds a really cool...
0: That's a... It's a good... I wouldn't even say it's a gimmick. It's it's part of the structure that works really well. And it's mm-hmm. very smart.
3: I can believe that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I think... I mean... I found it kind of like eternal. More eternal than dated. I mean, the... What they were dealing with was... Was just as real now as, as ever. I mean, the the linchpin in a family dying very suddenly or dying at all and how it affects everybody. Yeah. And, and people being a, a product of their upbringing and where, who they were born to and all of that. I mean, Nate obviously has the whole thing about the funeral business and stuff really, really affects him strongly. Um, I mean, he's having these dreams about dying and and different ways and fantasies about it and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, would he have been the same if he had been if his parents had done something else for a living?
3: No, definitely not.
5: Yeah.
1: So it's it, I've I understand what's meant by you know that it's it does it seems like a regular show if if other than the seen in the broom closet at the airport and a couple random uh curse words and stuff it really could have been on a network agreed that i absolutely agree with but i i i still i like the show i like the show that was interesting
0: uh almost forgot to mention that there was a tie-in book called six feet under better living through death (laughs) a very cool book i found it cheap uh at barnes and noble once i'll just read the description of it a history of the fishers and their extended family major events and daily routines are revealed through the characters personal photographs correspondence and memorabilia the book includes nathaniel's letters to ruth from vietnam claire and billy's instant messages excerpts from charlotte light and dark and nathaniel and isabel those are in show uh books and more offering readers an intimate view into the world of six feet under it's this wow. really cool little book That's just like the art department or prop department, whatever, like took their photographs and letters and it's it's all like original material, but feels authentic to the show. Like
3: for people who want to really immerse themselves in the six feet under universe.
0: Right. I thought they should have done something like that for Carnival. It would have been really cool to have a lot of the backstory and lore from that show and the mythology from that show put in uh, in such a format would have been neat. It's a cool book. Um, I'll just read this little Facebook feedback from Nutty. She says, I love Six Feet Under. I never finished it, but I think I watched it live for the first few seasons and lost interest in access to HBO. I really gravitated to Claire and like the concept of the dead dad. I think that the character development is top notch and the actors are pretty amazing. Mm. Fair deuce. Fair
5: deuce.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, audio feedback from Will. I'll try and play it now. I may have to restart it to calibrate the loudness. Bill, you're so loud.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, Will. <laughs> I love Will. Will.
9: So, Six Feet Under. Yeah, I watched this show, yeah, about 10 or 11 years ago, back when I was blowing through a lot of HBO and Showtime shows that I had missed. Uh, I think I had, yeah, it had already gone off the air when I started watching it, and even though I had been spoiled on a few things, it didn't diminish my enjoyment of the show. As far as the pilot, yeah, I remember being really shocked when uh, Keith, I can't remember his name, the father dies, Nate (laughs) dies um, at the very beginning. Wasn't expecting that. And this uh, episode, you see just how fucked up the Fisher family can be, just the way, do you guys talk to your family that way? Just some of the interactions with Nate and Claire and uh, David and Claire I don't know. Um, I really enjoyed the show um, throughout the series. Even you know, it's one of those shows like "Dead Like Me," which is centered around death, but you can say that it's really more about life and the people uh, left behind. It can be hard to um, watch. There's one season where just pretty much everybody on the show is insufferable, and it was really hard. Yeah. To get through that season, but if you do, I think you're rewarded. So I would definitely advise you to continue watching if you've never seen this all the way through. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet sweet. you, Will.
4: <laughs> what was that so character? <laughs> what was that character that replaced Will at the end? That was bizarre. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> bizarre, oh. Will. Mirror Universe Will, Will got
2: taken over by demons.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like he suddenly grew he suddenly But it
2: was like a funny demon.
4: <laughs> he, he grew a goatee and got replaced by mirror universe Will.
2: Aww.
0: The evil adorable,
2: one. Adorable. I want to see Will with a goatee. Aww.
0: <laughs> My father wanted me to go into mortuary science. Really? What? He he brought it up uh at least a half a dozen times uh, after what? I after I graduated from university with a useless degree. And couldn't find a job. He's like, I will pay for you to go to, to mortuary school. I'm Why? like, I'm not doing that.
2: Why? Did you show an interest or something? No. So was it because I, you were watching I, six feet under? <laughs> I think he
0: thought it was a stable oh. job. Hey,
3: people like he, keep dying, right? People are going
0: to keep dying. But see, as we learned from that article, you know, they have to keep innovating in order to stay relevant because of the lack of interest in doing things the old expensive
3: way.
2: That's just so random that he wanted you to do that though.
3: I thought it was random too. Yeah. Well, it's either I, that or getting into selling mattresses cuz everyone needs a mattress and everybody dies. It's those two stable industries. I thought it was see, death and taxes, not death
0: and mattresses, but and or, I, I don't I, I, I might, be, I might be toilets. Mattress. And
2: toilets, plumbers. <laughs> um, see Matt, just from you saying that though, I feel like everybody's family could be a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> just like the the random suggestions that your parents say sometimes it's just you know it's sitcom worthy
3: <laughs> sitcoms come from somewhere right how do you look dead
7: Will there need to be a lot of reconstruction david's not that skilled at the really hard stuff federico usually does that he's quite gifted you don't think we'll have to have a closed casket to you I would hate to send that message. What message? That we're not equipped to handle a major restoration. Or that we're not proud of our work.
2: Mom, can we talk about this later? We should really get Nate home. He's probably exhausted. Let's go.
0: All right, let's rate this thing on a scale of 1 to 10. Guess, do you want to go first?
3: And oh, would you and um, would you watch another episode? Um, I would watch episodes with people that I like in them. I don't know if I'm terribly interested in watching all these character arcs resolve um i honestly i i was not engaged enough through the first two episodes to really want to keep going and it would have to be a lot funnier for me to want to keep going i'd give it uh seven butt tattoos out of (laughs) ten all right mel how about you
2: i liked it i don't know um i would totally watch another episode i had always wanted to watch six feet under i just never had the opportunity so. I'll give it an 8 out of 10 uh, mulleted flashbacks. Nice. nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Matt?
4: I liked this first episode. Um, I also always was interested in the show. I was curious about how they could drag this out over five seasons. I really like Michael C. Hall.
2: Yeah, he's great.
4: Uh, and I like his character in this. Um, yeah, it was a good show. Uh, I will give it 8 out of 10 salted coffins.
2: delicious a part of your daily diet
0: (laughs) carol i had a hunch she stepped away (laughs) i'll go i'll go then i'm Um,
2: sorry
1: i didn't i didn't step away too late
0: too late i'm going
1: Uh, hey carol you lost your chance that's fine (laughs) i've seen this
0: i've seen this entire show i've liked some episodes more than others and seasons more than others i i re- i know what will is talking about when he says insufferable because sometimes the characters really do great on you jeremy sisto so <laughs> uh but i just but, want some olives man <laughs> but the series finale yeah was like is one of the best series finales not just for the last five to ten minutes which are phenomenal and made me cry so uh but as for a pilot yeah it's a pretty good pilot um i I don't like all of the kind of fake outs, like he's screaming, no, he's not. He stepped in front of a bus. no, he didn't. kind of dug those, but and <laughs> you like the commercials. I didn't like the commercials either. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like this really it really tried too hard to be uh darkly funny, and it didn't always work for me, but I, I kind of liked yeah. it in spite of itself. Um I'll say seven and a half out of ten Eric Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was not, did not step away. I put my mic on mute, and I started answering you because I'd forgotten that I had it on mute. Mm. Um, I was choking on a piece of watermelon, so I put it on mute so you would
0: not have to. I appreciate it. Deal so we wouldn't have that.
5: to hear you die. <laughs> Thanks, Carol.
0: Yeah. Appreciate yeah. the podcast etiquette.
4: You're you're all very welcome. Um, well, I'm dying. I guess I shouldn't subject everyone to
3: this. Right. <laughs> Although so, appropriate uh, for this episode.
1: yes yes yes. i would be the next one and be like carol carol
5: carol (laughs) Mm. (laughs) cut to the to the
1: mortuary (laughs)
5: exactly um
1: yeah i like this it's i mean i did watch the whole series so yes i would watch another one um i uh those those fake out things um after the first one, I thought it was clever the way they they did a fake out one, and then the next time he really did it. Um, things had changed a little bit, and he'd really done it. As by the time they got to the Nate getting hit by a bus, I you know I pretty much had the the structure and and knew that it wasn't he didn't actually do it. Um, I liked it. I'm going to go with eight point five out of ten. Sexy funerary commercials.
0: <laughs> right.
2: So what's the difference between this show and Dead Like Me anyways? Because I always heard...
3: It ad- felt ad- like
2: Dead yeah. Like Me was kind of like a rip-off of this. It's, it's different. Just, it's
1: very it's different.
2: different. Okay.
3: Magic, uh-huh. Grim Reapers, I guess. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: they're, it's told from the perspective of the dead people.
3: Mandy Patinkin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it. that's another show that I wish I liked more than... I ended up liking.
1: Hmm. I liked it, and that's one of the few. I have no idea where that, what network that was.
0: That was Showtime.
1: That was Showtime. Um, Yeah, that's another one I actually did see.
0: Tonally, it's an awful lot like Six Feet Under. Mm -hmm. Black comedy.
2: That's true. I guess you you can't really get away from black comedy though. If you're like a show about like death, it's kind of hard to not be black, you know? Yeah. Um, The. What I know? <laughs> I'm drunk! I'm so drunk, man. I put too much vodka in that fucking
5: drink.
3: <laughs> Matthew strikes again. <laughs>
0: if we were any other podcast we'd be done but right now but because we're hooplecast we have to go for a really long fucking time and we're going to move on to our next show that we'll be discussing which is Band of Brothers 10 episode mini series that debuted September 9th 2001 Mel, no, we're talking about uh, veterans here be more respectful uh, based on historian Stephen E Ambrose's 1992 book it follows the history of Easy Company Part of the 506th Parachute Infantry Regiment, 101st Airborne Division.
4: <laughs> Cue the choir music. <laughs> it's like when my friend Jake couldn't stop laughing
0: during the Veterans Day Memorial. Oh,
4: oh my god,
5: really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Just in poor taste. I'm
5: not alone. I'm not alone.
0: <laughs> well, she's not an American, so she doesn't We're have like, the same respect for veterans. our fallen that, uh, that we was, do. Well,
4: it was remembered. I translated for you guys. <laughs>
1: Canada was in World War II. So. Yeah, they were.
2: Mm-hmm. I am sorry. <laughs> yeah.
3: And um, our Fallen played by a lot of English guys. So. Oh, yeah. There were a, a lot of, of Brits
1: in that playing Americans. I yes. had that down as a note, too
0: one of the uh, trivia bits that i saw and i don't know if this is true or not but they wanted an american to play lieutenant winters and when they couldn't find one good enough which seems very hard to find, oh,
5: oh, oh, oh.
0: uh they picked um sure. mr tiny mouth himself damian lewis
5: <laughs> <He> is <a laughs> Wals- that Wals- Wals- too his Wals-
4: mouth Wals- like, so on it. it i was like he's a, he's a Walsmoth.
3: <laughs> just born pursed like he yeah. they ugh. You guys, I like him though.
0: You guys know what a moth is, right? No.
2: No. Okay. okay, Matt's gonna send you some stuff. Just a sec.
0: Hardly wait. <laughs> I never noticed his tiny mouth until I was doing that drink catcher <laughs> commentary with Claire and she pointed it out. I
1: still had not noticed until you mentioned it, and yeah, he he does have a
2: tiny mouth now that you mention it. Okay guys, okay guys, check out the glory that is Walsmoth. I
0: don't know why it's called Walsmoth, but So is this a meme? <laughs> It's, yeah, a it's a meme, yeah. <laughs>
2: it's like basically they use the Photoshop liquify tool to shrink Will Smith's eyes and his mouth. <laughs> yeah,
4: but you can do it to anyone.
2: You can do it to anyone. You can wall smoth anyone.
4: But but this guy doesn't need
0: it at all. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what do I know him
1: from?
0: Damien Lewis?
3: No, wall smoth. <laughs>
4: uh, Damien Lewis is from... Uh, oh, this is Homeland.
0: Homeland, right. right. Homeland, I'm Wolf free. Hall, Life.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I just saw the picture of the thing.
0: I um,
3: think the okay. size of his mouth uh, plays to his character really well, though, since he's kind of buttoned up.
5: <laughs> yeah. And he's he's,
3: is. he's just always kind of pursed. He's just yes. always ready to uh, to do what's right because his he's so set. His face yes. is so set.
5: Mm.
3: So we're going to be talking about part one, Kurahi Again,
0: it aired September 9th, 2001, two days before, you know, what happened. Hashtag never Uh, (laughs) forget. I've got our names on the randomizer. All right. Let's see who it
3: picks. Oh, you're not going to volunteer again, Dane? Hey. I was
2: volunteering for both. I can can do it. I'm drunk. (laughs) I
3: I need to be the center of attention all the time. So you guys just pitch me whatever you want. (laughs) We'll see who it lands on.
0: It landed on you.
3: I don't want to do it. <laughs>
4: I can do it. I'm drunk. Uh, yeah, all right. I think she should uh, do it. Mel volunteers. I'm
5: drunk. I can do it. Take another
4: drink of my drink.
5: It's, no, that's okay. It's, okay. It's,
4: I've it's, got
5: it's, enough.
2: You really put too much right.
0: luck in Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> You're going to make it through uh, another
2: wait, hour of this?
5: <laughs> We're all on the <laughs> Yes.
0: All right, hold on. Let me get the stopwatch out. Mel, you've got 60 seconds.
5: hmm To
0: summarize as much of Curry as possible without going over or you lose, You go ridiculously under, you're a chump. Sure. All right. Three. I'm
2: a chump.
0: Two. One. Go.
2: Sure, I'm ready. There's like interviews with real life dudes, but then you go to the (laughs) like fake
5: dudes.
2: (laughs) And then and then then you like watch them. You like you see like where they're at now, but then you go (laughs) you go back. Oh, this
1: is sad.
3: This is This is I so disrespectful. Bad. Hey, I but she's bad. not wrong, guys. Matt, tap bad in. thing she's saying is wrong.
1: do <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my.
3: Roth up, and he's an <laughs> asshole, and he's like, you all need to run for This uh, <laughs> is, that a, is that a mistake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that vodka was a mistake. And then,
2: uh... <laughs> Trying to gather my thoughts.
4: <laughs> she dropped her
2: notes.
4: <laughs> I don't think you this know. is going to happen.
3: Why did you so? Much?
0: <laughs> well, you
3: lost.
0: <laughs> uh, is it uh, one minute already? America lost.
2: Is that Michael Fassbender? <laughs> Michael Fassbender
0: was in the show. Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, the end.
0: <laughs> uh, one minute six seconds. <laughs>
4: Is that Michael <laughs> Fassbender
0: at the end? <laughs> I mean, that could just be... You the, hit, end. All, the strange thing is, you <laughs> hit all the bullet points. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there were alive guys, then there were, then they were uh, the fake guys, and then they eat spaghetti, and then they ran, and then Michael Fassbender.
3: <laughs> That's, amazingly, that pretty much sums up a lot of the episode. <laughs>
5: oh.
3: And with vodka, the veil shall fall from your <laughs> eyes, and you will see it for what it truly is.
5: <laughs>
3: also, uh, this second uh, Walsmoth Moth f- picture is of Forrest Gump, which is very appropriate considering who produced or wrote <sighs> whatever.
1: Yeah, oh, he's a producer. Wasn't, he, wasn't he down as having a writing credit? Yeah, yeah. he does
3: have a writing credit. That's he true. has a writing
1: credit. I thought I'd s- seen
0: that.
3: Probably on a typewriter.
1: <laughs> yes, very likely. Um,
3: so?
1: There were I, a lot of people in this that I recognized, but I'm I'm not sure who Michael Fassbender, Fassbender, Fassbender whatever his name is.
5: Michael played.
1: He yeah, and, some guy. Some dude.
0: Just some guy. Some guy. Some random guy. There's a
1: lot of dudes in There's here. There's a l- Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're all dressed the same.
0: Yeah. Was there a were there any At women some, in this? Any what? any what? Were there any women in this episode? I don't think so.
2: Is there oh, any women? At oh, all, there
0: was one on the TV screen.
2: That's
0: oh, right. the movie, Film. yeah, Film.
1: yeah.
0: Well, I don't count exactly. her.
1: I'm looking at the Man list. In the- I haven't run across a woman on the, li- the cast. I, list I know yet.
0: It, my favorite of the ten episodes. My favorite is Bastone. That's the one that's told from the perspective of the medic Eugene Rowe. And I know that there's a like French nurse.
5: Yeah,
0: is she yeah, French. Yeah. I don't know if she's French, but there's a nurse in that and. <laughs> she gets blown up
3: but oh I yeah <laughs> well, they, they go through so many people because they die so quick
1: hmm. well they are dealing with d-day that's true which... I,
0: I i would much rather jump out of a plane than land at that beach
4: oh yeah that's a, bad <laughs> idea <laughs> yeah it paid more for it apparently
3: although the the sky oh i did write that down a hundred dollars a month my god
2: uh-huh mm-hmm. Which means you got paid twice as much. I feel like by... I have a hard time choosing because I get seasick and I'm also afraid of heights. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't you be more afraid of just getting getting mowed down instantly by those machine guns while you're yeah. getting off the boat? Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. Have, have <clears> any of you uh, ever read the book uh, The Longest Day or seen the movie? No.
0: Uh...
5: Okay. It, it's, it's no, about no, we're ignorant CD.
1: it's no no it's not that it's just a different generation um yeah the longest day was one of these uh, they made it into a movie back in the 60s one of these big oh, yeah. productions where every actor in hollywood was playing little roles in it and stuff oh, and like crash
3: but, or the muppet movie
1: <laughs> a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> but the longest day is about d day and it and it's just the whole thing is about the twenty four hours of or more that people were just invading and uh everything that was happening all over the area and um and it does deal with the paratroopers, but just as one aspect so it's uh it's an interesting you know i I'm aware of that from back when I read the book and saw the movie.
3: Uh, I I am not terribly a big fan of military movies. Um, it does just doesn't interest me. Kind of like with Matt and uh, prison films. Okay. Um, yeah, I listen to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I and you think wanted to come anyway. <laughs> I did, yes. <laughs> yeah. But I think that military stories and war stories can suffer from having too many storylines going on at once, just because Mm -hmm. it's a very complicated uh, issue and, and they want to give it as much room as possible and, and, you know, uh, serve it well. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The failure of this, of course, is Pearl Harbor, uh, the movie Pearl Harbor. But I, I really appreciated about this version that they kind of centered on these dudes they centered on this one group of people. They didn't try and like broaden it out real large. They didn't get real heavy with the exposition. They're just like, hey, these are the guys. This is what they're doing. We're not going to tell you who they are specifically. Um, and, and they had you kind of figure out what was going on as it was happening. Uh-huh. Um, so that really engaged me. Uh, with trying to figure out what the story was, and made me more interested in the show um, because they were uh, showing and not telling. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm
2: mm-hmm. sorry, but I feel like you really cannot compare Pearl Harbor to Band of Brothers.
3: No, yeah. no, that's what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying.
2: Yeah, <It's> Pearl Harbor is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. just like garbage. it's garbage movie. <laughs> and also, right.
1: it's not. It's not about Pearl Harbor. Is not about Pearl Harbor. Torah yeah, torah my- Toro was about Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor is about a rather obnoxious love story. (laughs) That's
0: why Roger Ebert famously said that it was uh, a movie about the Japanese staging a surprise attack on an American love triangle.
1: Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, I'm not huge on war movies, but I do enjoy history. Oh,
3: sure.
1: So if the... The more the story has to do with real history, the more I find myself interested in it.
4: This is basically all real. Right. Uh, so who here has seen this whole series? I've seen it at least once. I've seen it four times. Oh yeah. My, so you're the expert. The
5: expert. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good.
1: I haven't seen it at all.
4: Oh, you should uh, watch it. Great.
1: This this was the first uh, first one I've seen. First Did you watch
0: since. both?
1: I didn't get a chance to, but uh, I, am, I am planning on watching the rest of the series. That's yeah. good, yeah. Yeah,
0: you should, definitely.
1: Absolutely. I'm absolutely planning on watching the rest of the series.
0: You know, I like all of these all these guys, these characters. Yeah. I grow I like really them. fond of them, and
3: none of them feel like cliches, but they're all really well developed. It's mm-hmm. pretty uh, great. Gon- gonorrhea kind of got on my nerves, I guess.
5: <laughs> Whatever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that?
3: <clears throat> um, he was the New York-y kind of guy.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah you all, you've got to
1: always have a New Yorkie kind of guy in
3: there. Yeah. Um, Talking about Garnier, yeah, oh. that's the one. Okay,
2: oh, I was named. I have a book by him,
3: <laughs> by the the person he was based on, or by the actor, yeah. by the, the him and
2: another the guy. real guy.
3: Uh, oh, it's, cool! It's called Brothers in Battle, Best of Friends. It's called Aww. it's by
4: William Wild Bill Garnier and Edward Babe Heffron. Interesting. It was a good book. I read it years ago, and I can't remember anything about it. I just know I liked <laughs> it.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, He's my got mind. it
2: in his hands right now. <laughs> oh. You I know... know.
3: Yeah. Go on, say. No, 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 I just... His character uh, didn't really a- appeal to me in that he didn't like Winters? Or is that the the smallmouth man? Yeah. Yeah, yeah just because he didn't drink or...
4: Because he was a Quaker.
3: He, he thought he was a Quaker, and like... Like this person who's super capable of leading you and sticks up for you, and and you're going to disobey his orders because you think he's a Quaker. That just kind of
4: no. He was just yeah. he was just uh, expressing some
0: misgivings. He wasn't going to disobey his orders. Well, yeah, he and... did.
5: He what? did.
0: No, he signed the letter that they all did to resign. Um, to get maybe rid. Maybe I'm of... thinking of
3: the second episode. Then. Oh, okay. yeah,
1: yeah, you might be. Because um, in this one he didn't, and I I get what he's sure saying did. about a Quaker. Um, if the guy actually was a Quaker,
0: if he, he was a Quaker, wouldn't he have?
1: He would have tried to get.
0: He he a, would not have uh, right. signed up. Agreed.
1: Well, there's not a me- there's not a question of signing up I, necessarily.
0: I, I thought but at I, this point we were still early on that um, you elect no, ni- or it 1942? was
1: 1942. Uh huh.
0: Nope, draft was in full effect. Oh God, yes! Ever since December seventh, nineteen
4: forty-one.
0: I'm just a kid. I'm just a young punk. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Talk
4: (laughs) talk about in the beginning how some people, like three guys that they knew, weren't able to go, so they killed themselves.
0: Yeah, Yeah, poor guys.
1: Poor generation guys. (laughs) Well, no, it's okay. How many? What's the background as far as um, knowing people who were around during World War II? Uh,
4: My grand, both my grandfathers.
0: Okay. I think my grandfathers were involved some in some respect, but they died so young. Well, the one okay. was we were estranged from. Then the other one died before I really knew him and could talk to him. One and of mine at D Day,
3: and one my during
4: D Day, okay.
3: And one of my grandpa or my grandpa was uh, in a submarine the whole time, and my other grandpa's too young.
2: Your grandfather was actually fighting in the middle of D Day, wasn't he? Yeah, my on the, on
4: the Canadian beach. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. one of my
4: grandfathers <laughs> may have been in
0: jail at the time. Oh!
1: <laughs> now, the grandfather, <laughs> the grandfather that was a uh, part of the D-Day invasion, did you talk to him about? Were you able to talk to him about it, or did he talk about just the time, or or did your grandmothers talk about what it was like in the United States during that time, or anything like that? Grandfather
2: does talk about it, but like it's like. You're, you're, you're very faint.
0: You're they, they faint. Don't
2: like to right because it's so
5: heartbreaking. Like the
0: whole neither of war, them really like
2: to. Yeah. The whole war is such a heartbreaking experience. It's awful. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, why would you want to talk about death and destruction? Like, that's it's yeah, traumatic. Yeah, my my dad
1: was older when I was born, yeah. so my dad was in World War Two. Yeah, so it was. And it was much more immediate when I was a kid because I, I was born long enough ago that it it was still like in people's minds. Yeah. Um and everybody's parent had been dealing with World War Two. So when I was growing up you heard a lot about World War Two.
0: Plus yeah. there was the whole element of sacrificing at home. Exactly. Right? Rationing and so exactly. forth. Like everyone was in the war effort. Yeah. I mean yes. our our country now is like perpetually at war. But we never feel it here.
1: Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And then like that whole 4F thing, my my dad um, had volunteered like when December 7th, came, when Pearl Harbor happened, everybody knew that this was it and everybody was going to be end up in the army at some point. So my dad and his other brother tried to volunteer immediately so that their eldest brother could take care of the family. But they wow. wouldn't. They were picky at that point. At the beginning of the war, they were picky. My dad's hearing was horrible, and his eyesight wasn't great, so they rejected him. And then, he, then the eldest brother, who made the most money, ended up going into the Army anyway, and then the second eldest. And my dad was left in the States. He actually was working in an airplane factory. Um, so, he's making airplanes. So, he ended up with a deferment because he was taking care of, he was sole support of a family, and he was working in an aircraft factory. So, he was doing, you know, war, important mm-hmm. war work. But, as he said, it was not comfortable being an able-bodied man in the United States during yeah. World War II.
3: A lot of social pressure.
2: Incredible social pressure. Well, yeah, they make you feel like crap if you're not, you know. Exactly. There was yeah.
1: always that look of, why are you here? <laughs> yeah. And my
2: mm-hmm. kids are well, dying. It's probably like, almost like a jealousy thing in a way when you think about it, right? Like, why, so why are you here? Resentment. And my
3: kids are- I say that's more resentment. Yeah,
1: resentment. Yeah, yeah that's what There's I mean. There's a lot of resentment. They yeah. There were stories and about. And shame.
0: The yeah. person left behind feels ashamed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do you think uh, that's
0: why those men killed themselves because yes. they didn't go because yes. of the shame or, of it?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Also, because this was a time before like <clears throat> the media had shown what war is really like, like in Vietnam, I, and they didn't. You know, they thought it
0: was glorious. It wasn't romanticized yet. I doubt, yet, or, I, I uh,
1: doubt that, that. It was why
0: romanticized. It was yeah. It was yeah. Really? Because World War One, all those, all those I, deaths. In World War I... I
2: Fighting for your country, you're fighting for you know, you're fighting for your freedom. Like that's romantic, right?
0: And patriotic, yeah, I suppose. I
2: I truly doubt that they killed
1: themselves because they were feeling left out of the romanticism.
2: No that's
0: not what she was saying. She
2: was the shame. It was the shame. It was the shame. Yeah. Uh, No, I agree with you, Mel. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. The shame and the and the feeling of letting down letting your family down, letting your country down. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I think, oh, no, I th- was it, Matt, you were saying that th- this was before they understood the severity of war and that there was something yeah. global and patriotic about it?
4: Well, that's what the Vietnam War is known for, is bringing the horrors of war to the public consciousness.
2: Like, they realized what people had to do during war. And that's that's what, it's not great, that's right? That's why it's, the
0: anti-war sentiment started up. Yeah, It's bizarre to me that they couldn't take those able those men who couldn't serve in the infantry, whatever, because they had bad hearing or eyesight, or were handicapped in some way, but they were building airplanes, whatever, why they couldn't they... They took all they... those guys later. I was going to say, why couldn't they have taken them overseas away took... from the the judgy types?
1: Oh, they... They, they, <laughs> they took put them every, to good use. They took everybody later.
0: Okay, so they... Sh- at the
1: very beginning of the war, you know, when they first started going into the war, they okay. were being picky.
0: So and... they needed a PR campaign to say, hey... We didn't take everybody, so don't judge that, that guy. <laughs> because my dad,
1: my dad served, later on, he was drafted and he went to the Pacific. And he, you know, he fixed airplanes because, you know, that's what he had been doing. And, you know, he had been building airplanes, so they sent him out and he, he repaired bullet holes and gas, you know, they repaired bullet holes in B-52s. That's,
0: um, I think that's what my grandfather but, did. The, not the incarcerated yeah. one. <laughs> the
2: other one. You guys also had a different experience from Canada because Canada joined the war earlier than yeah, the States right away. Did. Yeah, yeah, right away because right. we were part of the British Commonwealth. Recently, right, right. So, right, you so late you, bloomers you took care came- a the- bunch,
4: <laughs>
5: of, <laughs> bunch of you giant of <laughs> well, hey, you're there, like, were the and,
2: and, the uh, there were
1: Americans going to Canada and and there were Americans <laughs> enlisting in the Canadian army. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, my my grandfather was in the Royal Canadian Air Force, yeah, and and was because that side of my family is both Canadian. Yeah. Uh my grandma and grandma, or grandpa and grandma, and so he, but he was in the air force, but he was also in a submarine. I guess I don't know. That's well, weird. That's,
0: that's, that's bizarre.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's
0: weird. Yeah. I mean,
1: my dad, my dad was in the Army Air Corps because at that point. You know they had the Army Air Corps and the Navy Air Corps, and eventually they became the Air
3: Force yeah, and but my like, uh, Grandma yeah. was making bullets in a lipstick factory uh-huh that's cool
1: <laughs> my mom
3: British columbia was
1: a lot younger than my dad, so she was um so she was watching her classmates would graduate from high school and go into the army and um she she was in Oklahoma. And she tells us how everybody in Texas and Oklahoma were terrified of an invasion, a German invasion, oh, because wow. they were afraid that the submarines, German submarines were seen in the Gulf of Mexico. And they were afraid they were going to land um, in the mm. Gulf of Mexico and come right up through to get to the oil.
3: Got to get that oil.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. At that Some point, never changed. Yeah. oil was. Yeah. Oil was definitely needed by the Germans for the war effort. And uh they were really worried. And they didn't have, there was nobody left at home. Oh, jeez. So they were, and they had shipped all weaponry and everything else. So what my mom said was going on in the Gulf at that point was they were having people with wooden guns go out and act like they were sentries mm-hmm. in case they were being watched. And to uh, pretend true. like there was an army in you know in the Gulf area of Texas and Louisiana and stuff.
0: This is a total tangent, but has anyone seen Man in the High Castle? No, uh, no, it sounds so familiar. Uh, Did you it,
1: mention it before?
0: I may have. It's an Amazon original series adapted from a book about the. Um, what would happen if America lost the war? The oh, Allies yeah, lost the yeah. war? So, yeah, alternative, alternative history. Mm-hmm. Yes, so the United States is divided. Um, on the East Coast, Germany uh, is in charge, and then on the West Coast, Japan is the, like, the oh, overlords, whatever.
1: Somebody was reading a book with that illustration when I was a little kid, <laughs> I remember. Mm-hmm. I was too young to read it, but it looked so intriguing to me at the time. I've heard really great things. Book.
0: It's a really excellent series. It's very disturbing though. It's really yeah. hard to take. Yeah. Cuz it's that imagine. depressing. But well worth tracking down.
3: How about the Steven Spielberg uh classic comedy 1942? <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen that. Don't. It's terrible. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's about uh an American a coastal American town thinking they're being invaded by uh germans and them all acting like idiots and just terrible people doing terrible things uh jim belushi's in it or excuse me john belushi's in it for a second um dan Aykroyd's in it they tried to make animal house with war stuff
5: oh my god
3: it's it's just i highly recommend you don't watch it Thank you. A war count. Comp- that sounds about as disrespectful as
0: somebody laughing through the sixty-second plot summary. Yes, <laughs>
3: oh, it's really similar. Oh. It's like eerily similar. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> She's uh, so happy to give us a reason to feel superior. <laughs> guys, I was so surprised. Nineteen forty-one. You were off a year. Or forty-one. Excuse me. It's not worth it's, actually it's, getting 1942
4: it right. Two is a video game, dummy. <laughs>
3: I I feel sheepish Um, (laughs) No, but uh, I thought Ross's uh, performance in this (laughs) show was amazing
6: Pornography Contraband Non-regulation clothing, contraband this man had 200 prophylactic kits in his footlocker. How in the name of God was he going to have the strength to fight the war? How is it Private Private Tipper has spare time for so much correspondence? Captain, A personal letters to be considered contraband? These men aren't paratroopers yet, Lieutenant. They have no personal property. What is this? Anybody, uh... It's a can of peaches, sir. Lieutenant Nixon thinks this is a can of peaches. That is incorrect, Lieutenant. Your weekend pass is cancelled. This is United States Army property, which was taken without authorization from my mess facility. And I will not tolerate thievery in my unit. Whose footlocker is this? Private Park, sir. Get rid of him. All weekend passes are canceled, officers included. Carry on. I was really.
2: I have such a hard time though buying him as like an army like commander type. Like I don't know, he's just sure. Well, at
3: first I was I was like skeptical. I'm like, oh, (laughs) look at this. He's trying so hard, and then I
2: though with what it with like. But it's just, like, him, like, it's hard to buy him as that.
3: Well, so, when... He did do a nice job, uh, though. Yes, he did did a great job. (laughs) He played the character, he played nuances in the character, like, when he was scared, when he was super pissed off, when he was trying to figure stuff out. He wasn't one... But then, when it was... There was one part where he popped up out of a trench during one of the training exercises... Yeah. And he kind of does a bumbling Ross routine with like a map and like trying to figure out where he is. And I'm like, oh, there he is. There he is <laughs> I'll be there for you. And he's right there for me. <laughs> and at that point it was kind of broken. But so
4: have you guys seen him in anything else besides
3: this and Friends?
0: I saw him in American American Crime Story? People versus OJ Simpson.
3: Oh, interesting.
0: The only other only other thing I saw him
4: in was uh, some some movie where he played the guy who invented oh, breast implants.
3: <laughs> oh my god! Oh. <laughs> um, I, think I, the,
4: I think the movie was called Breast Men
3: <laughs> I really enjoyed him as uh, Greenzo in the show Thirty Rock, where he plays the mascot for NBC trying to go green and like environmental. And he becomes an ego maniacal uh, character on the show who who thinks he's like God. Um, really made
0: an like, impression on you. He's in one episode of that. Oh, either. it's
3: one of my favorite episodes. Uh, I, don't I remember kind of, that,
1: and I did, yeah, I don't even remember that. Well,
3: he, it made such an impression on me because I thought he did a really great job in that also, and I kind of want to dress as that for Halloween because the costume <laughs> is so hilarious. But um. i just i was yeah it it, his role as greenzo in 30 rock is kind of like this where he kind of power trips out and he i think he does a really good, good job at that
1: i thought he did a really good job i one of the reasons i really appreciated it was that there were times when he had me thinking like i knew that something was up with him Right. You know, I could really read the guy,
3: which That's is That's what I'm saying. His, his yeah. nuances were uh, were really spot
1: Absolutely. On. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. When he was on the airplane and they Thanks. were having to jump, he was, you know, there was obviously, he was obviously really nervous. And he was
3: the one who had me tense in that scene. Not the fact that they were about to like jump off an airplane. It was like, how is he going to fail at this? That had yeah. me on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: He's really good, though, on American Crime Story, which, which is on Netflix right now. He plays Robert Kardashian. And he knows that his friend O.J. Simpson didn't do it. He knows it. They're friends. Yeah. He believes it. Yeah, oh, He feels so bad for the guy.
3: Well, and, and it makes me think that maybe he doesn't take as many roles as he could because he's so filthy rich from Friends. Could be? um, because I think... Ah, I think he could play a lot more things. I think he should be in more things. I I really enjoy him as as a character actor. I do
2: think he is typecast in a way, though.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not so much that he takes things, um, be, because it's he's so rich. He's
2: probably not offered a lot of roles. Yeah, he's
1: probably t- having to pick and choose because he Let's was probably it. offered a lot of stuff that was Ross.
3: Yeah. Right. It's just really samey. That's yep. that's a crime then, because I, I think he could do really well. Maybe when he gets old, like really old. Apparently, he's been in the Madagascar franchise,
0: which is oh, something yeah. I've never seen, but I he plays yes, played played three to... movies.
2: It's awful. It's worst movies yeah, ever. That's Sorry. one of the only
0: movies he's... you ever walked out of, yep. wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they're awful. But there have been three keep of sure. them. Yeah,
3: oh, so they're they keep awful. churning
0: them out. You got to figure he's
3: making good bank from those. And I've got, I've got notes here. Uh, no, go ahead. Well, they they also had a spin off about the, the penguins. That was the whole That's thing that I That's wanted better? to say. Yeah, All
2: it's right. better, but Madagascar itself, eh,
3: So gross. sorry.
0: I've yeah. got notes here about Captain Sobel, like the actual Captain Sobel, if you're oh, interested cool. in that. Apparently yeah. he's not as bad.
5: Cool. He's, he's not-, not as
0: bad, so I... I- Felt like it was kind of important to... Because he's the focus of this episode. And every episode of Band of Brothers has like a sort of central character. And he's the focus here. Some of the veterans describe Sobel as an inflexible tyrant of a drill sergeant. They say he was a man who drew hard lines over petty issues. He was a poor map reader and an all-around lousy leader. He was so incompetent, he was going to get others killed in battle. Thus, he needed to be removed from his position of leadership, which he was. Yet others describe him as a strategist. They say he became an integral part in shaping the company into the best it could be. Sobel's role as a drill sergeant was not to win popularity contests, but to harden young men into combat soldiers. Men lived because Sobel chiseled them into top warriors. Sobel's son, Michael, said he bears no animosity towards HBO for portraying his father as they did, though he was stunned and upset at the portrayal when he first saw the series. In 2002, Michael attended an impromptu, a uh, reunion in Arizona of Easy Company. One of the men's sons hugged him through tears and said, "My father told me that if I had ever the honor of meeting you, to let you know that it was because of your father that I'm alive today." That was pretty much the sentiment of the men I met that day. Michael said, "I received calls from men who served with my father and praise him to this day."
2: Well, I think no, I get, I get that. I think the yeah. show gets
0: Completely. that
4: across as well. Yeah, like, like they yeah. trained so hard, and right. that's why they're so great. But in a combat role, he's a bad leader. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, right. Yeah. So that, yeah. I felt like it actually was pointing out something that they may have figured out after he was in that position. Mm-hmm. That the, um, that the one that trains the troops is not necessarily the one who is Lead best them. at leading them.
5: Yeah. yeah. Right. And,
1: and, I mean, I got the definite idea that he, He was really good at getting them to
3: be their best.
1: To be their best, exactly, and train them for a war situation. But he had problems with things like map reading and so forth that could get him killed in an actual war situation. So he shouldn't have been leading, but he should have. They actually, it sounded like they put him in a good place that they had training. You know, that the army actually did something right.
3: Yeah, know. and he was disappointed, but also that was the best role for him because he was able to shape these people into what they needed to be. But, you know, who's he also chopped through fences.
0: Who's clipping their <laughs> nails
3: while we're broadcasting? Yeah, what the? <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds like someone's clipping fingernails. It does. I, I don't know. I was, I was fiddling with something. I apologize. Oh, uh, that's all I right. right. Put it down. <laughs> damn fidget spinners <laughs> <laughs> that's right i got them on each finger buddy Woo!
1: <laughs> but yeah i i mean he unfortunately he was probably um i mean it it was kind of a slap in the face for him oh but yeah. it shouldn't have been
4: yeah he know? really wanted to go with them
1: and and i'm sure as far as the military would be concerned you know that was a black mark on his record but again, it shouldn't have been because he was good at what he did. It was just you know
0: he was good up to a point, but you still have to win the trust of the men, and they rebelled against him. I mean
1: well, because he wasn't the right person for combat.
0: My impression was that he was he was so hard on winters. Saying, you know, I, I summoned you to a meeting. Well, I never got the summons, so I didn't come. Well, then you don't get to go on leave. And don't worry about it. No, but it was a punishment for something he didn't do. Right,
5: because and it at was, that point it was yeah. so,
0: and, and this was a guy who, you know, Winters, you, you get the impression that he's the real stand up guy, the real leader, the real right, right. you know, talented and smart. And and to, to punish that guy for yeah, to to create an infraction out of thin air for the guy who's really doing a job for you.
3: Well, he was embarrassed and he needed to pass the buck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was jealous. He was, you know. No,
6: sir. I do not understand. Your orders to me were to inspect the latrines at ten hundred hours. From zero nine thirty to zero nine fifty five. I was censoring the enlisted men's mail by order of Colonel Strayer. At ten hundred hours, I followed your orders to the minute. I changed the time to zero nine forty five. No one told me, sir. I telephoned. I'm quartered with a family that has no telephone and sent a runner. No runner found me, Captain. Irregardless, when given a task to perform by a ranking officer, you should have delegated your task of latrine inspection to another officer. You failed to do so. Or to let such a failure of duty by my own XO go unpunished, what kind of message is that to the men? I performed my duty as I was ordered, sir. And I disagree. So, your options are quite simple, Lieutenant. Punishment for your offenses will be denial of a 48-hour pass for 60 days. Stand before me at attention. Or you may initiate a letter of appeal and request a trial by court-martial. You spend your weekends on the base anyway, Dick. Be a man. Take the punishment. I request trial by court-martial.
0: Well, and then I think that's why the men were like, "All right, this guy's gotta go for sure yeah, oh i
1: I figured that I mean, I think they made it pretty clear that they were most worried about getting killed,
4: and they were, they were contemplating fragging him <laughs>
5: like, uh-huh, yeah, early I wonder
4: on how, like in training, <laughs> I wonder how often that happens, like it happened in Full metal jacket, but I don't know if it happens in real life
1: <laughs> um i think I think it does, especially <laughs> if I mean, these guys were well aware of the fact that they were in danger of dying hmm. and they needed somebody in charge who would keep them alive. And I don't think, I think if the guy was a competent leader, as far as being able to read maps
5: yeah. and,
1: and, uh, a strategist that could, um, not get them killed in the training exercise, uh, if he had pulled the martinet stuff on winter i think he, they probably would have dealt with it but he'd show that he was going to get him killed
3: for sure mm-hmm. i i definitely liked this better than six feet under um which really surprised me because i don't care for military stuff and i do care for dark comedies um but i enjoyed seeing all the actors in there. simon pegg was in there. Yeah, he was um, in there
1: just for a
5: second. There's
4: just, lots of random actors. Like I remember I remember Jimmy Fallon being like basically the same exact role that Simon Pegg was in this episode. Yeah in this
3: episode. Um oh, the really? the guy who played the the medic friend uh who's in I think he's in one of the Friday night lights and um he was also burger in Sex in the City. Uh, oh Ron Livingston. There you go. Um and uh and then in the second episode, the man who plays Moriarty in the new um, Sherlock show, he he plays one of the soldiers. Anyway, it was just fun recognizing faces and
1: Yeah, it was. There's
3: a um, lot of dudes in this
0: from uh, that you know and other stuff.
3: Right. Um so and I and I Donnie Wahlberg from Dreamcatcher. Oh, there you go. Smallmouth.
0: No, right. no, that's um Damian no? Lewis's smallmouth. Damian Lewis, small Damian Lewis uh-huh. and Danny Wahlberg were both in Dreamcatcher. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. There you go, Dexter um, Fletcher from Press Gang, Chris, <laughs> Michael Cudlitz.
4: Michael Cudlitz is in this. Yeah, hmm. was he in this episode?
0: Yeah, he remember. was jogging at one point. He plays a uh, bull.
2: They were all jogging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <okay>.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Okay, never mind. Never mind. There's also a guy jogging by himself, and then suddenly there were people jogging around him, like almost out of nowhere.
1: Oh well, that's because they they were bonding.
4: That's because they were ghosts.
0: They yeah. were
1: being supportive. <laughs> no, For
0: I know, but what's show. funny is that I kept watching, like, the angle of the shot. Like, are they going to come up, like, right behind him, even though it looks like there's no one around him? Right. And they do.
3: And they do. Yeah. <laughs> they and then do. Fisher's at the end of it, because he's super cool, and he's like, I'm I'm one of the guys. At
4: least at least when uh, Sobel was, like, training them so hard, he he usually did run with them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But he didn't
3: I eat mean- the spaghetti. You did yeah, that. no, no, nasty little trick.
2: Oh, that was pretty awful. That was
3: great. <laughs> that really cooked my cabbage. I'll tell you what. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines when like people were
4: like falling over, and he's like, Do not help that man. Yeah, I, <laughs>
3: oh. I hated him for that. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was trying to figure out how that would helps. Help. How does that
2: help? Yeah. How-
3: does alienating people and not coming together as a group. Up. It
2: toughens them up. I think it's like, it's too, it's like, you are thrown into ridiculous situations in war, and no, nobody's going to feel bad for you. You know, like, you just got to do what you got to do, and that's basically teaching you that mm.
5: exact there's, thing, right? they're
1: supposed to be a unit. They're yeah. supposed to yeah. establish a unit, and there are certain things in, not just you know, in any of this, that I always I'm like, how does that establish a unit? But that's the kind of crap they do. So
3: yeah, you I could guess also, it also works. You could also see it as if you help that man, then you could die.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: Mm. Right. But I mean, I don't love the, the weakest I don't person love, gets you killed.
2: Yeah, I don't love the way they do it, and I don't love that type of, I don't know, that type philosophy? of philosophy. Yeah, but I mean, it must work because I mean, they were the best company, right? Mm. So
3: i i'm just really not a war fan i just no. I don't like war in and general. that's
2: understandable
3: yeah <laughs> not a fan either
2: and i'm sure those people didn't well some of them did but once they were there they probably realized yeah this is not as great as they told us it would be yeah you know
4: it was they were promised glory and yeah they, well, they were given they, hell <laughs>
2: they were given hell yeah, yeah. but anybody of, that's been in war could tell you that a lot of them
1: though i mean it I don't think World War II was really billed as glory, as not like World War One was. Mm. Um, World War II was a much more practical. Our country
2: was attacked.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got it to was guys,
2: uh, not for us. Yeah, and,
3: and <laughs> yeah.
4: Both. Well, that for was you, not us.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> my, my grandfather lied about his age to get in. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, my dad had that problem when he uh, tried to volunteer. They because he had such a baby face and stuff, they thought he was lying about his age. He had to, he had to, they still didn't take him, but, um, it was a really practical thing in the U S because they had attacked the country. Um, we were afraid of invasion. Uh, they were really protecting their homes and families, even though they were going overseas. It was, you know, it, I've heard very few that really you know it was patriotism it was it was you now it was what had to be done kind
0: There's of There's a moment I think it's in the second episode where one of the characters meets like a, a kid from the neighborhood
3: Mhm. Oh, but, so
0: sad. But it it's like oh I'll see you around except that the kid from the neighborhood joined up for the other side. Oh no. Like his 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 parents were like yeah, you're German. You've got German heritage. Go defend the fatherland. Or the episode
2: yeah. where Dick Winters shoots the German boy. Yeah, and then I, it's I like, didn't see he that sees, one. I don't remember you know,
0: that it's like the fourth episode.
4: Yeah, or he
2: sees like he sees him for like what he is—is is like a human, just like him, right? Yeah, and then he opens, uh, then yeah. he opens fire because he has him. no choice because yeah. the, it's one or the like other. Like he
4: get like Dick Winters gets the drop on this whole platoon of Germans, and like the first one he sees is like some young German kid, and he's like. You know, it hesitates for a sec. He's like he's just a kid, and then he opens fire on him. Yeah. But that's oh. the that's the last battle that Dick Winters has to be in, and then he gets promoted. But um
2: spoilers.
0: <laughs> spoilers. Oh <laughs> man. man. Mystery spoilers.
2: Now the whole
4: thing is real life spoilers. <laughs> just don't tell us who wins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my but, next statement.
1: Don't don't tell us which Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> but speaking of Germans uh and who like who fought for what side or whatever, like one of the actors, I thought michael fassbender i was like he was born in germany he speaks fluent german why didn't they get him to play a german like a like a german who had lines or whatever but they got him to play an american
5: he's
2: not Aryan looking enough (laughs) it was was
1: filmed because i kind of i started kind of thinking that if this was all filmed in england that's why they
0: just i think it was actually they were
1: running short on american actors
0: um I think it was... Or
1: actors who could do convincing American accents.
3: Hmm. Which I thought everyone did a really great job at.
5: Yes.
1: People, yeah, people did do a good job of, on the American accents.
3: Simon Pegg's four lines or whatever he yeah. had. <laughs>
1: Just
3: was yeah. re- re- very convincing. Lieutenant Winters. With Captain Sobel's compliments, sir.
4: The guy who played Nixon, I've only ever seen him in this and in Office Space. <laughs> Ron Livingston. Uh. <laughs> That's funny. Which one is Nixon? He's like Winter's
3: buddy.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he, I know like I've seen him front. in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I don't know what I've seen him in. But but he, Sex
3: and the City. He played Burger. I, <laughs> saw,
1: I saw a few episodes of Sex and the City. Not 12
3: enough. episodes of
0: The Practice, uh, 18 episodes of Standoff, 13 episodes of Defying Gravity. That was a brief show. Oh, 12. 12 episodes of Boardwalk Empire.
3: I got him mixed up with the main guy of Early Edition. Oh, Kyle Chandler. Yeah. That's both of them look very similar to me. I can see that. He was all that guy was also in Wolf of Wall Street, but not this guy. I get
0: I get Lauren Ambrose and Allison Pill confused. OK. Yeah. Huh. Not quite the Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman situation, but <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: but what could be really that's
0: I've always been surprised that Ron Livingston is not in more things never became like a big star like he yeah. seems like he's handsome enough that he could do that like he I seems he seems like him. American Joe enough
3: yeah i can that he that, could,
0: that he should be in more things
1: i know i've seen him in something where I, that i that you know i should go oh him you know and i don't know what it is
3: all right elusive well maybe that's because he's too generic looking maybe cuz he's maybe. he's just mm. handsome enough to be like a supporting character, but he's just generic enough to kind of not get those those bigger roles besides office space where he needed to be very generic.
0: He played Paul Revere in a TV movie called We Hate Paul Revere. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we all do. Yes, it's true.
1: <laughs> there was one of them that you mentioned that I I had seen, but again, I don't...
5: I
3: was don't it Sex in the City? Because I keep coming back to <laughs> <laughs> not
1: Sex and the City. I've okay. seen a few episodes of Sex in the City. I don't
3: think I don't even remember. Oh, you're such a Samantha. That's not true. I don't know. Is that? Is that- yeah,
1: I don't think I am. If I no, remember who Samantha no. is,
3: you're yeah. you're not. That was a joke. Yeah. I'll I'll just leave again. <laughs>
1: it's okay. It's okay. Good. Oh. Um. Anyway, all of these people looked so familiar. Mm. Oh, there was uh Richard Spate Jr. From supernatural, supernatural.
4: yeah. Um, you know what one of I's yeah. favorite shots was was the Batman costume change. <laughs> oh yes,
2: when they go in the t- the, in the, the tubes. Like a wooden- yeah, <laughs> yeah, when they go it's in like, wooden it's like the
4: old 50, uh, '60s Batman like Batcave sliding
0: pole, and they're suddenly in their costumes. <laughs> <So> <laughs> how did they get changed so fast in the middle of that exercise in that tube? I don't. I got to rewatch it. I don't even remember that. That sounds. It's like a
2: little training montage. It was a
0: weird moment. It it stood out to me too as something that was like ridiculous. I
2: thought it was awesome.
0: Oh, and there was also
4: like some British soldiers dressed up as Germans, but I didn't know why, and I thought that'd be dangerous to walk around in German uniforms.
1: Oh, um, they were. I assumed that they were going to be um, like spies. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the oh. DJ, they were going to go in dressed as German soldiers, which was really dangerous because they'd be shot on sight as as spies. As and
3: students. that's what started that one character's quest for the Luger. He's yeah. he's like always looking <laughs> for his like, goddamn God Luger. Damn, <laughs> that was really funny.
2: <laughs> <I> was <laughs> like he's like, I don't understand you, but I want your Luger.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah, whatever that's... you're saying.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Did, it, did you guys understand
1: what the guy was saying? Nope. Uh, not really. No, I didn't have no, subtitles, I
0: didn't. so I didn't know what he was saying. He was, on, he was, <laughs> he was I just no called idea. him undecipherable English bloke in my notes.
2: <laughs> yeah. He was <laughs> making, like, the worst face, too. Like, he was making himself look really ugly. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
5: That's hey, so, all, mate. we tummies. We're <inaudible> Is all this real? Yeah, yeah. Well, some of it's from the Irving. Sammy's of these knocked out. A few legs, actually, so I can get your
7: mince paws on some of this Jerry Clubber. Do you know what I mean? Not really. Hi. Uh, hey, Matt. You got a luger? What, yeah. I'm dying to get my hands on a real luger. Yeah, going in.
0: Quick, buck, you yeah?
6: Boy, she sure is a doozy. It's hey, Tucker, her in it? What? Hi. Hey, hey, Petty. Uh, hey,
0: Mike. You're having a ball fing your off in your that
5: Oh yeah.
3: Sorry. Well, good luck. You see Mike. My favorite part was when the old English guy's on the bike and
5: I
2: love him. That bloody
3: strange. hell! Oh, you got me. <laughs> you got yeah. me, chaps.
2: <laughs> that was cute. Yes, is
1: he? Is he the enemy?
3: Possibly. I, I didn't quite understand all of that, but I just really loved that he's just like. Trying to go somewhere on a bike, and, and all these Yanks are running around, jumping through ditches, and... Yeah.
0: But have, it- have you seen the movie Yanks? No, I haven't. That's a really fun movie. Richard Gere uh, plays an American. He goes to uh, England. You know, they're training like they're doing now, except he falls in love with a English
3: girl. Oh, that sounds well.
0: So,
1: yeah. Then there's all the World War Two movies that, uh, when... When I was a kid, that, you know, you'd have all these old movies on, on the off channels and stuff like that. So we saw lots and lots of World War II movies. And it got so that you could, I could tell when they had been made by what kind of propaganda was in them.
3: Oh, interesting. Right. Or,
1: um, the ones that had some kind of, um, serious, thoughtful message about the, uh the difficulties of war and um problems of troops coming home or anything like that, you knew that that had been made after the war was over mhm um or right at the end of the war, perhaps, but the ones and the more patriotic and the more you know our boys are you know support our boys and support and all boys. of that uh, our boys in the east they <laughs> They were at the beginning of the war. And uh, yeah, you could we got so we could guess what year. So you'd get you watch parts of the movie and then you'd or all of the movie and then you'd guess, go back in the T V guide or wherever and guess what that's, year it was made.
3: That's fun. That's a fun game.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like the movies and T V movies about codebreakers.
1: Oh yeah. Absolutely.
3: Wind talkers. Yeah. Whatever that was called. Yeah, Wind Talkers with the well, Navajo.
0: Yep, or the um
3: cage.
0: I can't remember all of them. There, there have been a couple of them, but there. It, it just always seems like that's. Oh, I'm not smart enough to be a code breaker, but I'm not good enough at you know combat to be in the infantry. Like I'm trying to think, like where would I be? Uh, I'd probably be the person at home was like well, ostracized.
1: No, the thing about World War II, and that's one of the things that my dad had talked about, and uh, they they kind of you know. In the World War II movies, it's kind of a a trope that you have all the different guys with the different accents and, you know, from New York, you got to have one from New York and you got to have one from the South and you got to have one from here and there. But from what my dad said, it really was like that, but it was one step beyond that in that there were people from every profession possible.
3: Oh, wow. That's cool.
0: I can imagine that. Because,
1: yeah, because they had just taken all the men in the entire country. Yeah. And not everybody and fought. Like, no. Some
2: people had to do, had to work overseas. Like I know my grandfather worked in Newfoundland. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what exactly he did, but I know that he was like,
3: maybe he found but,
2: like New receiving land. messages and stuff. I think that's what he was right. doing. So, I mean, not everybody was like right on the ground. Like, no. you know, found a place for everybody that was able to participate. Right. right. I mean, there was, you know, you talk about, um,
1: if you check what a lot of performers were doing, you know, they were drafted, you know, uh, the Sid Caesars and the Carl Reiners and, you know, of the world. Um, those are comedians guys.
3: Um, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. We know we're not that dumb, Carol.
1: <laughs> not about the herself. Glenn
3: Millers, the yeah. Elvis Presleys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, Elvis Presley was a lot later, but, um. You know some of them became documentary filmmakers for the army. some of them you know were doing entertainment and stuff. Um, some of them were putting together. I saw one special recently that was really interesting about the or maybe it is an article I don't remember now um, but it was about theatrical productions that they would package with instructions on how companies could use the materials that they had out in the field to put on a musical
0: that is bizarre
1: by their company. That's Uh, a
0: movie right there
1: because it was it. And there was a whole uh, part of the army that was, was um, this is what they did. And it, because it was thought that guys needed to um, have a diversion and to do something creative and get their minds off, you know, what's, what they were doing and musicals were popular. Well, guys so, need to yeah.
0: drink too. So you could put me in charge of beer distribution. Cause that's like in my <laughs> wheelhouse. I could do that.
1: You know, it's, you could be, okay. The, mm-hmm. the, the funny thing is my dad, he went out at the very end of the war and he, as I said, worked on airplanes. He was a sheet metal man, riveter, fixed the bullet holes and all of that in the B-27s. Well, the story goes that when the war ended, my dad was a very likable guy, very likable guy. When the war ended, he walked into the commanding officer's office and said, OK, I resign. War is over. I shouldn't be in the army anymore. I'm not going to do sheet metal work anymore. And the commanding officer, my dad was the kind of guy where the commanding officer said, well, what do you want to do? And he said, I want to run the officer's club. And he said, oh, OK, you can do that. And my dad spent the rest of his time in the army running the officer's club on Guam and being in the, in the entertain, basically the entertainment business.
0: It's a weird story. (laughs) (laughs) Every one of these podcasts is like a little glimpse into Carol's backstory. (laughs) That is just fascinating. A
2: little bit more every time,
0: (laughs) which is chiseling away. Like your most interesting life.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) But yeah, he was an interesting guy, but yeah. So, um, if you read the autobiography of Isaac Asimov, he um, he was a writer, science fiction writer. One, God, yeah.
3: Carol, we know, <laughs> not that okay. dumb.
1: Just just thought I hey, mentioned it. Okay,
3: you know what? Assuming does, and <laughs> yeah, Carol just exactly. doesn't want to assume.
1: I don't want to assume. I deal with fourth to seventh graders and and their teachers <laughs> every things. day. You know,
5: you poor thing. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, Isaac um, had written in his autobiography that he was totally ill equipped to be a soldier when he was drafted and so what he would do is um go to the um the commanding office you know where the the commanding officers are and so forth and because letter writing was considered a really good thing to do um sending home to your parent you know your family and so forth um he would ask if he could type a letter to his mother and they would say yes and he would get on a typewriter and he would start type. He was a really fast typist and he would start typing as fast as he could. And within a few minutes, somebody would notice and ask his name. And within a very short time, he would be reassigned to the office to be a secretary basically or to be some kind of an assistant. And that's the way he ended up getting through the army
3: i mean everybody finds their own way right
1: yeah exactly
3: catch 22
1: you needed they needed everybody so it was a matter of trying to get to a position that you know yeah my dad volunteered for everything that whole thing about don't volunteer he volunteered for everything because he wanted to experience stuff but they kept turning him down so yeah so So, yeah you would have found something thanks (laughs) (laughs)
0: you're you're worth something Matt so this episode uh when it ended uh that it segued into episode two uh, and I'll just read the uh, description of this one easy company lands in Normandy but is scattered all across the region and away from their designated drop zone the company commander of easy is killed when his plane suffers a direct hit and first lieutenant winters must take command with a small group of men winters takes out a set of german gun emplacements at Brecourt and thereby wins the respect of his fellow soldiers as a leader. I probably mispronounced I that, didn't I, I uh, he Mel? Had
2: respect of his fellow soldiers. Though.
0: I think are, he did,
4: but he wasn't their leader.
2: Yeah, they already they already liked him.
0: <clears throat> How yeah. do you pronounce that, Mel? Brakourt. Brakourt.
2: What? Where? Can you send B- me the word? B
0: r
4: e c.
2: Can you send me the word? Yes. Is that in France? It's northern. Yeah. Yeah. Say it again. Hmm.
5: Fancy.
0: I I tried to find a a pronunciation of that uh, in preparation of reading that, and all I could find were uh, reenactments of the battle uh, made with Legos. Apparently, this is a thing people do. They reenact historical battles using Legos, and then they upload them onto the internet. Let's be Uh,
3: fair. Let's be fair. They recreate most things in Legos these days. I think you can probably find, like, Battle of the Planet of the Apes in Legos. (laughs) Uh, I
4: watched I watched the thing in Lego form one time. There you
3: well. go. Wow, awesome. that was an afternoon well spent. Yep. <laughs>
4: the
2: thing in Lego form?
3: I yeah. agree. I agree I that was like it.
2: It would be amazing because of the special effects like you'd have to do like something crazy with Lego. <laughs> very <laughs> elaborate. Yeah. I um, didn't wa- I didn't watch the uh
0: i didn 't watch the second episode of this go around, but I do remember um them being in the plane and and parachuting out and the planes being hit by fire and so off. tense yeah so yeah. Tense. yeah
3: it was yeah. It, and once they landed, it was like a break in the clouds it was mm. like all the action was happening in the air, and nothing was going on down on the ground. It seemed
0: when I went skydiving in Australia, it was not like this <laughs> <laughs> good to know what was um. You-
1: experience skydiving like
0: What was it like? Yeah. It's over very quickly.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just remember being up in the plane looking out going, "Oh, this is really nice." And then they open the door and they're like, "Let's go." Like, oh yeah. god. And then we went and we didn't have time to be like nervous. Really? It, it was tandem, you know, so you didn't have to really do anything. You're just strapped to a along for the ride. A guy who knows when to pull the chute.
2: I would have yeah. been crying the entire they time. They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <It is laughs> these fine.
4: guys, these guys didn't even have to worry about pulling their chute because the it pulls it for them as soon as they yeah. jump. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah.
4: They did have to worry about this uh, stupid leg bag that they got saddled with at the last second. I remember yeah, reading super. about that. Like they didn't train for this extra bag that was attached to their leg and like nine out of ten of them as soon as they jumped out it just flew right off their leg
3: (laughs) well one of the the real guys at the beginning talks about that how Mm -hmm. it was it was superfluous yeah Um, my main what was was in the bag bag? is a bag stuff that was
2: it was like supplies and stuff right Uh, just
3: just more stuff
2: okay
3: Uh, my main complaint about this episode is kind of petty um, in that the the they did a lot of shaking camera for the battle scenes that really kind of distracted and was distracting for me. Um, and and I think that's not terribly fair to the episode because they did it as a stylistic thing, as a, like, you're in the trenches and you're shaking around. But, like, I, I just really had a hard time with the shaking camera.
0: I, I can yeah. see
5: that, yeah.
7: Well, at ease, paratroopers. Hey, good evening, Easy Company. Easy! Now, parachute infantry is a brand new concept in American military history, but by God, the 506 is going to forge that brand new concept into victory. Yeah. I want you to know that I'm damn proud of each and every one of you. Now, you deserve this party. Thank you, Sergeant Grant. Sir. So I want you to have fun and remember our motto.
0: Hurrah! Hurrah! let's quickly go through the feedback.
4: Oh, wait, one more note. I had uh, watching this made me wonder how much longer, um, like these historical planes are going to be around for like, Oh, sure. Filming, yeah. filming things. Like they used a lot of CG planes in this, but there was some, you know, actual historical planes that were used. And I'm just wondering how long we're going to have those.
1: They're what? keeping a lot of them. Um...
3: 10 years. <laughs> St- <laughs> Good. You're, w- you're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Aston answered. Yeah,
0: we were talking about some other show. Was it From the Earth to the Moon or some some other thing we covered? We were talking about the, the the how there's an industry of keeping cars and planes and things in working condition just for filming. Yeah. For sure. If you have a car that is an old car, you keep it maintained and in well good condition, you could loan it out to film companies.
1: Yeah, actually we were going to do that with my uh my parents' 60 to Plymouth.
3: Oh my God, deja vu! Because when you guys talked about this in another episode, yeah. that's yeah. what you said. Ah, yeah. But well, what I? episode was that?
1: Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah,
3: yeah sometimes I
1: repeat myself <laughs> just to see if people are listening. Thank <laughs> you. I am. Ding. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Ding. mel <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I wasn't going to say
1: much more about it than that.
0: Yeah, Mel, I'm tapping you to read this feedback from Harold.
7: Okay, I'll read this feedback.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she just ran away
4: for some reason. I'm All right,
0: sure. well, you can read it then. She'll okay. read the next one.
4: Okay. Uh, maybe she has to pee. I don't know. Uh, I'm generally not a big fan of historical docudramas, especially ones that are intended to be important and win awards. So when this originally aired, I took a pass on this one. Having just watched it, I have to say that it was a a big improvement compared to the moon launch show that we watched previously. It kept my attention, was never boring, and was a solidly crafted piece of work. It was a good decision to focus on one airborne company instead of trying to do too much like the moon show did. (laughs) like how he just keeps calling it the moon show. (laughs) (laughs) That's how little he cared. (laughs) Yeah. We did not need to see the commanders planning the strike or the word families back at home. I like that it avoided cliches and had an understated soundtrack. Uh, On the other hand, they didn't do a great job of developing the characters except for Captain Sobel. And everyone else was chiefly uh, defined by their attitude towards him. Would I like to see another episode? I don't think so, even though I'm sure it will be good. Nothing against it, but it's just not my type of show. But I would recommend it for anyone who is interested.
0: Harold, I I would say give it another episode.
4: Me too. Like, because the
0: the, the pilot, I mean, the premiere is a really strong prologue, mm-hmm. but you're not even in the. It's war nothing. Guy. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing.
4: It's yeah, not... like the episodes to come. <SSSSSScor> Kazak- yeah. Yeah.
1: That's interesting.
4: It's one of my favorite series of all time. Really. Really. Yeah. Like wow. I've seen it four times. Yeah.
1: No, wow.
2: I wouldn't say that personally.
4: No. Well, I just I
0: like, like war. You like war stuff. I like wh- war. <laughs>
3: Well, no, I, I like war dramas. I'm drama. surprised. I'm surprised uh, that you like war dramas. I okay. highly recommend you uh, rewatch Reboot then because that might take the <laughs> <I> Like Reboot. <laughs> I like might... good. Good. I don't like war Only dramas, but I bite. Come on.
5: I, I <laughs>
0: do like dramas about disparate people becoming allies and friends. Yeah. Or, uh, no. Um <laughs> different back people from different backgrounds coming together. It's why I one of the reasons why I like Deadwood so much.
5: Mm-hmm. Seeing
0: characters who at the beginning of the show you're like they have nothing in common. They're enemies, then by the end they're like they're allies, they're friends.
3: Well you might like reboot too then. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Feedback from Steven. Mel. Yeah. Your turn to read this one since you're back.
2: I can totally read it. Nice. <laughs> Um, Band of Brothers, Tom Hanks, and HBO returned to the format of historical recreation miniseries, first introduced in 1998's From the Earth to the Moon. Band of Brothers chronicles the U.S. Army's 101st Airborne Division throughout the Euro- European campaign of World War II. This is HBO's finest and most elaborately produced series, far surpassing other period pieces like Rome and Deadwood. In really? Best- and Scope. Okay. Uh, it was the most
0: expensive television series ever created at the time the budget was approximately 125 million nice
2: i was reading about the uh, fake snow that they made out of like recycled paper (laughs) oh wow (laughs) it's pretty crazy an
0: additional 15 million was allocated for the promotional campaign which included hosted screenings for world war ii veterans one of those screenings was held at utah beach normandy on June wow. 7th 2001 47 easy company veterans were flown to paris and then That's traveled awesome. by chartered train to the site where the series premiered i i remember like there was a lot of promotion for this before it aired it was like super hyped and yeah. reading about the veterans who were watching the you know watching their lives on the screen at normandy and meeting the actors who played them it was hard not to get caught up in like the emotion mm-hmm. of it yeah. sure. well
4: this was made after saving private ryan right I think so. And that was the same team of Hanks and Spielberg.
0: (laughs) Saving Private Ryan Ryan was 1998. Uh So, yeah. Before this, right? That was before this. Yeah.
5: Yeah. uh,
1: Comparing it to saying that it's better than Rome and
0: Deadwood is kind of interesting. I think he he means elaborately produced. As a period piece.
2: He says that it's better. I I'm, um okay. I don't have it on most my finest most finest, right elaborately produced series. I, I yeah. find it's
0: always hard to make ancient Rome look realistic. It, to me, it always looks yeah. cheap, even when you spend a lot of money on it. It always looks it's, fake to me.
2: Well, yeah, it's because you, you nobody was ever there. Nobody mm. can tell you nobody can verify. Oh yeah, this is what Rome looked like. <laughs> I think also we've we've seen so many
1: like paintings and stuff of Rome that it always feels kind of like it's, it's still a painting or it's something. It's lacking.
3: It, well, it, we it, all have our own pan- canon. We have our own imaginations that we're drawing from.
2: Yeah, yeah. Anyways. It's, it's hard to do wrong. The cast of hundreds featured relatively unknown, then, now. Oh, wait, let me reread that. <laughs> the cast of hundreds featured, names, uh, featured relatively unknown, then, now household names, like Damian Lewis, Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Graham, Dominic Cooper, Neil McDonough, Michael Cutlitz, Simon Pegg, Tom Hardy, and both young Magneto and Professor X, Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy, respectively. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk nice. Acevedo, who plays Joe Toy on Band of Brothers, was last seen on Hooplecast, shivved in the opening scene of the pilot episode of Oz. Uh, his character on Oz, Michael Alvarez, escaped prison for most of season four, so the actor could do this miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I
0: like that he was previously seen on Hooplecast as, as like, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: we spotted
3: him. Oh. Here he is. We found him. He's <laughs> on Hooplecast the whole time.
2: <laughs> Great performances by Damien Lewis, Ron, Ron Livingston, Donnie Wahlberg, and yes, David Schwimmer. For his portrayal of Captain Sobel, Schwimmer gets my vote for MVP of the fir- first episode. Here. Part one. Yeah. Kurt, and then there's a haiku? Yeah. <laughs> the haiku, Oh, haiku. Three miles up and down. Sobel likes spaghetti then. Barks. Hi-ho, silver.
5: Mm.
2: <laughs> ten out of ten cans of contraband peaches. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right.
5: <laughs> I
0: used to do haikus for uh, Defenders podcast until Robin said they weren't very good, so I stopped.
2: Oh. yeah. That's where they were fine.
0: They were fine.
2: Uh, uh, a haiku is a haiku. I yeah. Think.
5: Yeah, of you of shouldn't
1: course. let somebody... No, stifle your
2: creativity. That That's way. what I
0: told steven I said keep doing them.
5: Yeah,
2: I do, I do find it is it, it's funny. Like when I see Donny Wahlberg, all I can think of is New Kids on the Block.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nutty wrote some feedback on the Facebook group. She wrote Band of Brothers. I didn't get into. I have seen some episodes, like the one with Ross from Friends being a jerk, but it wasn't on my radar until a little bit later. And then by then, I knew people who were going overseas to fight. After that, I find war movies really hard to watch. When I have people I care about on tour, I can't watch anything. I have since been able to see period pieces, and recently even watched *Hyena Road*, set in Afghanistan. But it was still hard. Still, it's better now, and I can watch war movies again. I guess I know a lot of people really like this show, and there are some themes that ring true. Yeah.
1: That's
3: yeah. That's fair. That's fair.
1: Yeah, they can absolutely be too much. Too much. Yeah. 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 And I, th- I think we all have. Like certain dramatic things that are just too close to home and affect us too strongly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed.
2: Yep. And what you watch-
0: <laughs> Other than you, <laughs> I'm agree. a I'm a middle class white male who's lived in a bubble his entire life. Nothing affects me. <laughs> <laughs> what if there's a show about distributing beer? <laughs> uh, there there will be Boardwalk Empire. We'll watch it later.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: it's uh yeah I mean when you were talking about the kinds of things you like and don't like and all I I generally like anything that's just a good story but I have to admit there are certain perfectly good stories that I just can't watch it's just too emotional for me
0: I can't and watch anything about the holocaust mm-hmm. it's
1: that's really hard
0: uh, and to me that's scarier than any horror movie mm-hmm. right mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah I, I have a very difficult time with um, watching people um, make incredibly bad choices that are just going to ruin their lives and ignoring the people around them who are telling them how to, you know, it's like you're ruining your life.
3: I uh, Kind of like yeah. that after-school special you guys watched with the, <laughs> the drug addicts. We get yeah. it. You listen to the show. <laughs> hey. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> Except that that one was done so badly that, you know,
0: it was but easier like, to
1: watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah. When you're pulled out of it so because it's done badly. But like Breaking Bad, I I had to stop after
2: That was a hard show to it's like just a very stressful show to watch. Breaking Bad Yeah. yeah. I just couldn't watch it after a while.
1: I I interestingly enough, I stopped watching it when everybody else started watching it.
0: <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. That's yeah some audio I, feedback from Will.
3: Right. Maybe we'll hear the character come back.
9: <laughs> hey, it's me again. I just realized that I never uh, sent feedback for Band of Brothers, and I don't have time to watch it before we record. So just some general thoughts. I love this series. Uh, it's really good. I think you know, maybe every person should be, every American at least, should be forced to watch this in school maybe um i think matt humphrey said yeah the pilot is a lot different than the rest of the series but i really enjoy all the series it was my first introduction to some actors who've you know been kind of following their careers since then like damien lewis and michael Cutlitz. um and yeah you get to see a few actors maybe play different kind of roles than you're normally used to seeing them that you know pop up throughout the series um Yeah, I definitely recommend watching it. I think I said a few days ago maybe I should watch this between Memorial Day and Independence Day every year. So maybe I'll start a new tradition this year. Um, The last time I watched it was when I got my first iPod and I put the soundtrack on here. So whenever the theme would pop up in shuffle mode, I started getting, like, really emotional. And sometimes I, like, listen to it, like, three or four times in a row. So really, you know, the acting, the action... The music, it's all great. I guess one of my favorite parts is the um before and after each, each um, maybe not each episode, but a lot of episodes where you get to talk to the, where they interview some of the actual soldiers involved. So it's really great. Episode nine, spoiler alert, episode nine gets me like every time, really hits me in the feels really hard. So I will talk to you guys later. Bye.
2: Bye. Thank you.
9: Thanks,
4: Traveling Will.
2: Oh, I'm traveling will I
0: assume that the sound of him in a car, yeah, yeah, I think so uh, episodes episode nine, if I recall correctly, is the one where they come across the concentration camp Ooh. oh God yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah yeah it's I'll tell you, it is really difficult to talk to a class of smart ass seventh graders I bet about the holocaust,
3: oh, about no. the holocaust oh. I just in general, no is- no. <laughs>
1: about something well, in general, as serious yes. about the as the holocaust and you know when some of them are doing the eye roll and the you know not taking it seriously kind of thing
4: show them this series well <laughs> seriously
1: you, you you start throwing out a couple you know facts at them
0: it just seems so like audacious that such a thing could have happened
1: mhm yeah so and- maybe
0: it's a healthy reaction that that kids are like what? No. That's just a story. Yes. <laughs> oh,
1: here we go again with some dramatic thing that happened in history that doesn't affect us. Yeah. You know, it's like, no.
3: <laughs> so, I yeah. I work with kids yeah. also. Um, I'm an after-school childcare provider mm-hmm. um at an elementary school. And there's this one of my favorite guys is this second grader and he he gets kind of fixated on things. Um where he was, he was really fixated on Fallout Four, a video game uh, where he'd never played it, but watched as many YouTube videos as he could, and he convinced me that he had played it. I don't get uh, that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, he's he's an interesting cat. But um, his last uh, phase was World War II, where he became so fixated on World War II. He knew all the weapons everybody had used. He. It, this is second grade by the yeah. way um yeah. and and he's just really he was just really excited about like the different things that happened um but when he'd get to he'd start asking me questions about Hitler and he'd start asking me questions about um the bombs and things it was just really tough to engage him because yeah. for him they they weren't people dying
0: right. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah.
3: They were right. stories cuz he's in second grade and he couldn't really get the gravity of what he was talking about. Right. And I know it's not my place mm-hmm. to kind of impress upon him that gravity because mm-hmm. I'm there to, you know, play handball with him and make sure he doesn't climb mm-hmm. up the slide the wrong way. But um <laughs> you know, it it just some some people are interested in a thing and that's that's great mm-hmm. and and it's The gravity of it isn't impressed upon them until they're ready for it.
1: Right. And 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 it sounds like
3: your seventh graders might be doing that same thing. Or they're a bunch of jerks. Well,
2: arguably, though, that same thing could be said about us because we haven't been through that stuff. We don't know what that's (laughs) like.
3: Very true. But we have a respect for it that they don't know they should have or. -hmm. or But I mean,
2: like. How many how many times like have people been like making like you know they like make fun of Nazis or you know like they they yeah. like you know yeah. they make fun of the whole World War 2 thing and people laugh about it but you know it's
0: I wonder if it's one of those you got to laugh to keep from crying situations
2: Yeah it could be but at the same time it's like you know I don't I know think- like how would how would you feel if you were actually there like you probably wouldn't feel the same it's,
5: True
1: There's a huge difference also between like a second grader Who, who I, I mean, I feel like there's, there's appropriateness
5: Mm
3: -hmm. in
1: what you lay on kids at different ages. For sure. And it's in my mind, it's okay for a second grader to not understand the severity of what he's talking about. Yeah. Because it's too early, you know, it's like, let them be innocent for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, what's sad is those kids that are in second grade in, in countries where they're watching it. Yeah. You know, where it's,
3: it's a part of their the everyday life.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes my ESL kids, you know, have seen that and have, you know, right. have come from those places. And so it's, it can be a tight rope, you know, with some of the kids, but seventh grade, that you know, seems they're pretty
0: young. That's, that's pretty,
1: um, seventh yeah. grade. Is they're you know some of them are are teenagers. It's you know it's uh, the end of seventh grade. They
0: you know so you say are, seventh or second seventh. What did Dane seventh. say? Mine was second. second.
2: We're talking about two different groups. Okay, I say yeah. second. Second sounds
0: too young. <laughs> seventh, right. seventh you right. better That's be dialed was, in to reality. Exactly.
2: You should at least start was, to understand. Yeah, I was making the you difference know, between
3: the yeah. two. No, there's a, a there's a chasm of difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. Second grade. They. They really, as far as I'm concerned, still need protecting and so forth. Seventh graders need to be protected, but they've got to start understanding
3: what's
1: going on in the world.
3: Those eye rolls, I think, are the first step to them being introduced to this material. And then uh, it's everybody around them's responsibility and somewhat their own responsibility to process it and understand the gravity of it and to see you know, how that affects their lives today.
2: Also, this may very well be like one of the first generations where they don't know anybody that's been in the second world war. You know, all those people are dead. So they have no relationship to that. Removed
3: from it, yeah. Yeah, it's very abstract for them.
2: Yeah, so whereas, like, people from our generation, we had grandparents that were there. And, you know, most people, you know, care really deeply about their grandparents. Right, and
1: I'm also... It's a big difference, right? I'm also in a town that is mostly first-generation American, or a lot of the kids were actually born in other countries, yeah, uh, the parents were born in other countries
2: and there were countries that were not involved with World War Two. And you know yeah. what? I could see that eye rolling thing for other because it seems it probably reeks of patriotism to that right. They're probably like, oh, not again. Like they're going to talk about how great America is, you know. Well,
1: no, when you're talking about the Holocaust. Um, Well, okay, but like I I meant,
2: like, like you know, like America participating in the war—that kind of. That's what I was talking about. I didn't talking about the Holocaust. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Harold retweeted something um, about tomorrow, you know, being Memorial Day. Right. HBO is running a marathon of Band of Brothers.
1: Oh well, I don't have
0: HBO. Maybe HBO Two. Yeah. But uh, I, I, yeah, Hmm. heavy
3: stuff.
6: Yeah, it is heavy stuff. Name. Malarkey. Donald G. Malarkey. Malarkey's slang for bullshit, isn't it? Yes, sir. Rust on the butt plate, spring, private, bullshit, revoked. I wouldn't take this rusty piece of shit to war, and I will not take you to war in your condition. Now, thanks to these men and their infractions, every man in the company who had a weekend pass has lost it. Let's, uh, let's, let's just rank it.
0: <laughs> okay. We're going long, so not surprising. Yeah. We always do.
1: Yeah, big surprise.
0: Get and I'm and here, and I and love. Shut up.
3: The <laughs> <laughs> um, you're the guest, Dane. Why don't you go oh, first? By all means. Um, this did have the kind of uh, cinematic scope that I was looking for in uh, Six Feet Under and, and in HBO shows in general. Um, I really enjoyed the, the writing style, um, the, the lack of exposition. Where they weren't just cramming down information down our throats and had us kind of work for it. Um and yeah, uh Schwimmer just really knocked it out of the park for me. So I'm gonna give it eight jaunty hats out of ten. <laughs> they all wore their hats at jaunty angles.
1: Yes. It, is it was it was a hat time.
3: I love the jaunty hat.
1: Everybody wore hats.
3: And pro
0: jaunty jaunty hat. Yep. Uh Matt. Uh like I said before, it's
4: one of my favorite series of all time, which is, makes it all the stranger for me why I haven't watched The Pacific yet, the spiritual sequel to this. I don't think you would like it that much. Your no? brother, your I bro- couldn't get into it. No, I had a hard time. Okay. Hmm. Well, are we going to be watching the pilot at least during Oh, it? yeah. Okay, well. There you
2: go, you'll have to borrow it from Kyle. <laughs> watching so every a- fucking thing. <laughs>
4: there's a-, <laughs> there's uh, a Pacific, huh? Uh-huh. Yes. yeah. It came out. When did that come out? Is it
2: kind of like you know, like the Clint Eastwood movies that were like you know, the f- Flags of Our Fathers and then uh, Letters from Iwo Jima, no, where those... the one is better than the other?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, it's it is kind of like the other the other half, but it well, came out so much every, later.
4: Yeah. All I know is it's got Tim Tim from Jurassic Park in it. Um,
0: it came out in 2010, so nine years later. Yeah. Um.
4: So yeah, I really like this show. The first episode's not the greatest one. Uh it's completely different from the rest of them. But it's still good. I'll give it um I'll give it a nine out of ten wasted spaghetti dinners. Oh,
2: such a shame. <laughs> such a shame.
4: Yeah. Well. I-,
2: I like this I like this series. Uh probably not as much as Matt though. <laughs> I I can't get into it as much as Matt does. Like Matt knows every single like he can spout off, like, this war trivia, and I'm like, where did you get this from? But he just knows. He's a war buff, I guess. Anyways, I'll give it an 8 out of 10 uh, drunk 60-second summaries.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
5: Fair. Alright, alright.
0: And Carol?
1: Um, I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought they they did a really good job. Um, The... I think one of the differences between the Earth to Moon and this was that this was much more dynamic. Yeah. And uh, you're right. It it does have this, the feel of something beyond a regular TV series. Um, it has the feel of a movie. Um, I give it a 9 out of 10 untrustworthy officers.
5: Mm.
0: Plugging it all in the spreadsheet. It was all in the spreadsheet. Oh, my. Oh, shoot. I just changed... Oh I fucked up the spreadsheet.
5: <laughs> so well, much for the
0: spreadsheet. I'll, I'll edit it later. I'll edit it later. Um Edit undo. Edit undo. I think I undid I undid control Z, control many Z. times.
1: Did you undo the undo?
0: Alright. Redo, redo, redo. redo. <laughs>
5: um
0: Yeah, I love this episode. Uh I think I had a problem keeping track of like who is what rank and who's above oh. whom and who oh, answers yeah. whom. And oh,
1: absolutely. Like, what's, like <laughs> what's
0: the difference between winners, Nixon, and then later Compton? Like, I can't keep them straight. And, like, what who, you know, like, just the hierarchy. I have yeah. a tough time with the hierarchy and yeah. knowing everyone's, like, individual roles and positions and stuff. Like, that's, for me, that's the hardest part about the whole shebang. Yeah,
5: uh, too, but overall,
0: I, I think it's a really excellent introduction to the series. It's it's atypical of the rest of the show, but that's fine. It's probably why they aired two episodes at once, just because they wanted everyone to see that episode two was like combat, like the war, like you expected. Yeah. Overall, though, I think it's just awesome, so I'm going to give it um, 190 out of 200 prophylactic kits.
5: <laughs> <laughs> nice! That's awesome.
3: That's a humdinger really? right there.
2: Yeah, really. You know, for... For, like, them, like, for it, like, being a little bit confusing to follow, though, I still think it's pretty good. Like, you can still follow the characters
3: pretty well, like. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I was saying, yeah. Yeah. I I know who's
0: above, who's, like, above the other guy, like, but when the guy's at top, I don't know who outranks whom up top. And it's
2: a little bit confusing, too, when you don't know, like, the war strategy that much. Like, it's a little bit confusing to follow that but it's still not that bad like you can still kind of follow it
3: i i could i could give two shakes about who's on top and who's on bottom and who's on the side um so i i guess i i just let all that stuff slide because it it yeah. just doesn't really interest me
5: yeah.
0: Well, there's enlisted and non-enlisted and commissioned and non-commissioned, and I oh, don't I'm
3: get sure it. there is. I don't I'm get sure the,
0: there is. the nuances of of all of that. And yeah. That's
1: non-coms are are the sergeants and you know like that.
0: Yeah, I don't. And then I don't want to get into it. <laughs> 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 Me neither. Uh, let's uh let's, let's just wrap going. it up. Um. Dane. Yes, sir. You are our guest this episode. I am. We appreciate you being here. Hey, thanks for having yes. me, guys. Do you have any projects? Oh, yeah. Anything um, to <laughs> plug, promote? <laughs> to Strap very, in, guys. Very small listener base, but
5: whatever.
0: Well,
3: uh, I, like I mentioned earlier, I do have my own podcast with my friends, uh, Jimmy and Brian. Um, we are maybe the opposite of this podcast. Uh, we're We're a comedy podcast that does Would You Rather's. Um, we're called the proud jacuzzi crew and, um, we do would you rathers and other fun things, but, um, it's all improvised and, um, we pretend to be in a place called any town USA, uh, chilling in a hot tub on a balmy autumn evening. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of shtick and there's a lot of silly jokes and we go blue, pretty much immediately it's pretty much a lot of dick jokes so if of <laughs> that uh, uh appeals to you please check us out we're on itunes um and the internet as the proud jacuzzi crew all right i like that thanks i do too <laughs> <laughs> you
2: sure would. i wouldn't want you to be on a podcast that you hate <laughs> <laughs>
3: man i gotta do this podcast with my friends every week oh we're we we are weekly so you can put that in your cap um but yeah we we really enjoy ourselves and we don't take anything seriously nothing if anybody has would you rathers we always need them send them in all
1: right it's like would you rather be this or that or would you rather
5: do this
3: um, would you rather be, for a week, be covered in peanut butter or covered in jelly? Um, would you rather have flippers or a unicorn horn? Um, those kinds of things.
0: Uh-huh. We kind of had one this episode. We we asked, would you rather Storm the Beach at Normandy or jump out of an airplane? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> See, we're not that serious.
0: See, we're a comedy <laughs> podcast, too. <laughs> we're
1: we're, <but> we're <laughs> not that different from you at all. Yeah, exactly.
3: We are a band of podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's my submission
0: to for. <laughs> what you rather? Very
3: good. So I'll, I'll, I'll stick
0: um, pretty there. easy choice though for me, uh, unless you're scared of heights like Mel.
2: I think I would want. But then be, you
0: got seasick too.
2: I think I would want to well, be covered in peanut butter. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say jelly. I don't think I'd want to be sticky all the time.
3: Well, jelly, yep, you're yep, covered in thickies, stickiness, butter. man.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. All right. All right.
3: Um, jelly
1: peanut butter is thick though. Yeah, well, but it's delicious.
3: <laughs> if you want to take a listen, where uh, that episode is airing this this Tuesday. So, um and we also have a best of that that came out um maybe a month or so ago.
2: Can uh, I can I cover myself half in peanut butter, half in jelly?
3: Okay, spoilers? That's what <laughs> I chose. <laughs> okay, see that seems like you're breaking
0: the rules of the would you rather. You can't well, you, you can, can really,
3: You can present
0: two questions. options and then and then come up with a third.
3: Matt, let me remind you, we are three men in a hot tub, and it's always a balmy autumn evening.
0: Oh. There are
3: no rules. You know what? I, I, I love a balmy on. autumn evening. You
2: put the peanut butter on in the hot tub? It's not going to stay on.
3: <laughs> Would you rather Magic mandates that it happens immediately? So, we have no control over it.
0: Mm. I'm, I love... I l- would love to be in a hot tub on a balmy autumn evening. We That's we actually
3: like the rest. it's the <laughs> it's perfect. We we did one. Would you rather? Of would you rather it always be a balmy autumn evening or a fresh spring morning?
0: Uh, autumn evening.
2: Yeah, it'd be nice.
3: I'm sleeping in. There you
0: go.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not getting up in the
0: morning.
1: Well, if it's always and we don't have to deal with with winter coming, then yeah, I'm good with
0: the autumn. Either. I remember my parents taking me to the Grand Canyon, and, and they are like, you want to get up early and see the sunset over the Grand Canyon? I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> These
3: sheets are comfortable. I'm okay. <laughs> we're in a hotel. This is a vacation. I'm not going to work
0: at uh, this very hard. Or sunrise. I should have said sunrise. Did I say sunset? I don't know. You forever. said sunset, but uh, okay. you know what I meant. We
1: were letting it go.
0: Thanks, I appreciate it. Um, had. Matt any projects you want to plug? So many. Matt is wrong about games. Twin Peaks podcast.
2: You're wrong about games.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, Shenmue AM2 podcast. Uh, the Defenders podcast. Oh my god. So uh, many podcasts. Uh, intro to Brisco. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: okay. That one's like way out of date there.
4: <laughs> um, what We Make, a Terminator podcast. Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> that one.
2: What Carnival.
4: Kind of <laughs> Carneycast, the Carnival podcast.
0: (laughs) Wow, we're really going backwards. (laughs) You are prolific. (laughs) Hey, I was just on the Twin Peaks podcast.
2: You were. You were. It was a good one. You were a wonderful guest. Thank you.
4: New record on downloads, three times our previous record. Oh, oh, nice!
2: day too. <laughs> it
0: was all because of you, Matt. I listened back to it and I was like, "Wow, I talked a lot, and Caitlin talked like none of the time." <laughs> uh,
2: that's that's the usual, though. That's Caitlin. Though. That's Caitlin. <laughs> I have to pro- like I have to prompt her because everybody else talks so much that yeah. I have to be like, "Hey, Caitlin, what would you think of this?"
3: <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about talking too much. Hatchet <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I was on, uh, the Twin Peaks podcast, I'm also on Matt is Wrong About Games with Matt, we need to record soon, um, e is coming up, yeah, we, we should record, the, should we record before then, or, I don't know, we can just, I don't know. we'll talk about right it, now. um, I'm on a podcast with Will, you heard his feedback, we talk about Spartacus, which is a television series that you can watch right now on Netflix, but it used to be on Stars. the name of that podcast is Spartacast, and you can find it at spartacast.com, I
3: get it. Sprint yeah, good. Um, and
0: next month I will be back on Clone Dance Party to talk about the final season
3: of Orphan Black. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, those it's are my good mine. titles. I like these titles. I'm
4: <laughs> I, am <Bartacaffed>. I'm <laughs> I am Spartacast.
3: I am Spartacast.
1: I am Spartacast. We are all Spartacast.
0: Carol, any projects?
1: Um, just
5: <laughs> no. <laughs> good answer, good answer.
3: all right no, she will yeah. be uh teaching the second unit of the holocaust uh, to a bunch of eye-rolling seventh graders
1: no we we tried doing that earlier in the year
3: Don't miss it. no
1: they they got it i mean we we trotted out some info and they they did get it eventually well, that's good yeah it just you know it's never quite sure. But uh, uh I have not given up on uh, McKinley Cast, a Freaks and Geeks podcast that has not recorded in a very long time. But I do not give up on these things.
0: Has it been a year yet? Since your I, last recording?
1: Maybe.
5: Yeah. Oh, dear. It's possible.
1: It's All possible. Right. But, you know, I honestly, I haven't wanted to push lately just because I haven't had a lot of time myself. So it would be like, if I started going, oh, we haven't we haven't done this. We need to finish up the series. And they say, yeah, okay. When do you want to go? It's like a uh, 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 d- uh,
0: d- couple
3: yeah. weeks. Uh, give me a couple <laughs> yeah.
1: weeks. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't really wanted to push it too hard.
0: Hey, folks! You want to know what we're going to talk about next time? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> we I
0: will. Do. We will be covering the premieres of The Wire and Carnival.
1: Finally, oh, okay. Oh,
2: you watch Carnival. Yeah. Nice. I
1: have wanted to see both of those and
2: I have not. I haven't we haven't rewatched Carnival in like but the first episode isn't really anything like the rest of the series. I really. don't
0: remember at all. <laughs> yeah I,
2: it, it's so different.
0: The first episode I I Carnival is one of my absolute favorite shows. It may be my favorite television show of all time. Like oh, I have wow. a very pers- personal, close connection to the show and I love it so much. Mm. Um The Wire, I have a box set, I just haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I look yeah, forward I've, to talking about both of them.
1: Yeah,
5: I have kind
0: tried. of kind of similar to this lineup in that one is modern and one's like a period piece. Oh,
5: yeah.
0: And when did uh, I think Carnival like takes place in the Great Depression? Right. So, was that 1944? No,
1: nineteen no. thirty. No, no,
0: no, no, no. That's 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 Band of Brothers. Um,
1: nineteen twenty
0: nine to nineteen thirty thirty nine. Bringing really up dust the exact is dust Bowl. Dust
5: Bowl.
1: depression.
0: Wait, wait. Um, 19- 19- 19- 19- 1934. 1934, that would say. That's when the show uh, starts, 1934. Okay. All right. So it predates Band of Brothers.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's depression. Okay. That's
3: cool. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on your show. This was a lot yeah. of fun.
0: Was
1: thanks was so great. much for being with us. You were you great
0: for- being here. Oh, wait. Administrative duties. Find us at Hoopalcast.com. That's our website. Links to show notes, discussion threads. Go onto Facebook. Search Hoopalcast. Join our discussion group. We have uh, a lot of fun there. Go on iTunes. Leave a five-star review. Twitter, at Hoopalcast. I retweet Deadwood things. Send us feedback. Mail at Hoopalcast. No. Mail at... No. (laughs) (laughs) Hoopalcast at gmail.com. There we go. All right. You You probably tweet mail at Hoopalcast.com. I mean, I do own the domain. I just don't know if I set up the mail account yet.
5: Mm-hmm. I Absolutely.
0: must have. I have to migrate my nice. web stuff uh, next month to a new web provider because my three-year payment is over.
3: Bum, bum, bum. So I've got to find
0: another cheap web hosting service. Oh. Anyway, uh, that's it. Dane, it is tradition on Hoopalcast for the guest to take us out with a fuck you if you want to. Oh, yeah. Not pressure. But if I'm you building.
3: want, you can give us your best, uh, best fuck you. Alright. Hey there, friends and neighbors.
7: <laughs> Fuck you.
2: Oh, I like it. <laughs> well
3: done. All I right. felt
2: I felt uh, like truly insulted. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was going for the core of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I could yeah. feel it in part. The essence. Hurts. You know it hurts.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we throw a lot of those around on my show, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: why not? I like
3: our signature sign off.
2: Yeah. It's, it's classy. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's in its own way
0: <laughs> all right that's it i'm gonna all right i'm gonna hang up now appreciate it guys all right take care thanks
5: bye, bye. bye everybody
1: bye 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 well
2: you can take your snow and shove it this is our crazy
7: Santa has a suntan He's also an unemployed stuntman Is he even awake?
8: Yeah, I'm just really baked
7: If he can be Santa Claus Anyone can California Christmas time It's just a golden state of mind Chestnuts roasting in the bright sunlight And what would Christmas be without Historically low mountain snow Causing staggering droughts But hey, this eggnog Royo's super tight Super tight
5: Cause this is California And we do Christmas right California Ooh, so cool. Christmas
7: are done, we
5: now are super
3: packed We have our own kind of Christmas carol. It's this chick named Carol, she does Hannah tattoos. Carol's 50,
7: but no judgment, she's still finding herself. We're all finding ourselves. Okay,
0: there is no easy answer for our high rates of
6: skin cancer. It took my dad's life, and it killed my wife. Hang 10! Rudolph and Prancer
8: California Christmas time We gather around and sing songs by Sublime And all our local reggae bands are white The kids get
1: lots of toys on Christmas morn Cause daddy makes big bucks
8: directing porn They may have gonorrhea but at least it's not Frostbite It's not Frostbite, cause this is
5: California. This is to be, I get it.